Dusty, yeah, I, uh, I, oh man, I stepped on you. That's all right. I, uh, I believe you have something to say about my dinner. I do. Uh, we've recently got some, uh, some feedback that the food talk is really what people turn in for the Snart Marks podcast. We really are a food podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, under the guise of all these other things. Yeah. Uh, you had no. Subway for dinner. I did. Which is in and of itself interesting. I'll, I'll come back around to it. Um, yeah. So uh, somebody texted me. I was like, hey, I'm getting Subway. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, that makes sense. Because uh, <laughs> Subway for me, C+. Plus. Every time it's a C plus, but it's pretty much a C plus. It's better than a Panera than Panera bread, as we discussed. Yeah. Um, but it is one of the worst sandwich places. It's just like every every few months I'll get tricked by the new Subway ad, which I guess means that they are successful ads where I'm like, oh, that sandwich looks delicious. And then I go into Subway and I'm like, oh, no, same, same bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> Pete, Pete Holmes has a really funny bit that uh, every ingredient in your sandwich at Subway tastes exactly like the restaurant smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, what did you get from Subway? Oh, I, I, I get this. I get, I, Subway is one of the places I get the same thing every time. Okay. I go sweet onion chicken teriyaki with... Uh, uh, American cheese, mayo, mustard, sweet onion sauce, cucumbers, spinach, and banana peppers, toasted, white bread. Some sometimes Italian herbs and cheese when I'm feeling frosty. Okay, yeah. Uh, we used to walk to Subway on our breaks to get breakfast sandwiches. Well, you would get the breakfast sandwiches. I don't. Those things look gross to to Andrew. What did you get? You got a sandwich, didn't you? I think I would get a sweet onion chicken teriyaki with mayo and mustard and a sweet onion sauce and then uh, uh, the American cheese and all that. <laughs> well, the main thing was you used to have a big problem with my cheese selection. Uh, oh, because, yeah, because you would get pepper jack. Yeah, because pepper jack's delicious cheese. Yeah, I've turned around know. on the pepper jack. Yeah, American cheese eating ass. I would, I would make fun of you because I, I you... <laughs> We've talked about it. You 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 like treats. Yeah, I like to spice you, it up a little. You bit. want you want little treats in your cheese. Like I just yeah. get cheese, you son of a bitch. You don't need to get anything <laughs> extra in your cheese. No, if they have better cheese, I want the best cheese I could get. Why didn't you tell me the cheese was so good? Uh, Mother. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you turned the corner on Pepper Jack though. So I have. I don't put it on things. I still don't need it. You yeah. know what I mean? But like a nice Pepper Jack with a with a cracker with a Triscuit or some shit. Yeah, a, I like pepper jack, frisket, and a deli meat. <laughs> yeah, it's good for deli meats. That that maybe that's where it started because I used to get the the absolutely terrible for you sodium packed uh, spicy Italian sandwich from Subway. If mm -hmm. I went to Subway, and that's all just cured meats. Uh, oh yeah, could be worse for you. <laughs> Sweet onion chicken teriyaki is one of the. Well, this was this was a long time ago. I read this. It was like a. Like some BuzzFeed horseshit um, yeah. or some article about like the most, uh, the least healthy things you can order at various fast food restaurants. Yeah. And the sweet onion chicken teriyaki was in the top 10. And that <laughs> included like Wendy's and McDonald's. Yeah. Just there's just so much sodium and like sugar and like 
it's it's yeah, so much, it's worse for you than if you ordered the baconator which is a real mind bender of a uh, situation listen you know? bro i put i put i put spinach and cucumber on there cancels that shit out you know what i mean that's true yeah i think mostly your problem is uh not for you because you don't really intake a lot of sugar but I yeah think i'm fine the uh the sauce the, the sweet sauce, onion sauce as it were mm-hmm. as it were is really bad for you well and the bread is just sugar and yeast i think <laughs> yeah uh i get the italian urban cheese bread because again i like a treat so if you're offering me uh crispy if you're offering me uh, uh exotic breads or regular <laughs> ass bread for the same price i'm gonna get the exotic bread every time yeah I went white bread and this is this is so like this is this is how my stupid brain work. I, I went white bread because it's easier with my particular stomach ailment. White bread is the easiest to digest. Yeah. But it's also like in between that white bread is a bunch of sticks of dynamite. <laughs> right. You're you're really uh you're driving over the, the dilapidated bridge, but you're like, well my car doesn't weigh that much, so it's probably yeah. fine. This car yeah. probably floats. Yeah, I I picked the lightest car, so yeah. it must be fine. Uh, other news, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Important news. You're going to see Blink-182. God damn it, yes I am. That's, yeah, mm. cla- well, uh, saw some nerds over the weekend, knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, some, some outlet reported Blink-182 original lineup reunites for Coachella. You want to guess what I went looking for in the comments? That I found really uh, easy. Oh, somebody being like Tom wasn't. I mean, uh, Travis wasn't in the original lineup. <laughs> yep. Oh, was, did Scott Rayner play drums? Is that what happened? No, but, shut up. <laughs> yeah, Scott Rayner is. A, he's a tertiary. He's a. He's a Wikipedia. He's a. He's a uh, trivia question answer. Yeah. Well, he played on Dude Ranch. I mean, he was in the band. <laughs> like, Dude Ranch is dope. Band. Dude Ranch yeah. is dope. Uh, he played on Cheshire Cat. You know, isn't isn't, isn't Dammit on Dude Ranch? Yeah, he gets credits. Yeah, and he's he's not good, Pete Best, uh, right? <laughs> it's not. But I was just like, oh, somebody's gonna have a bee in their bonnet about this. I bet. Uh, was it so him? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, th- and then somebody else replied to that with, "Well, they played Man Overboard, which is about Scott Rayner, so in a certain way, he was." Oh there. man. I was, oh I good. I, man, I hope. That's I hope it. those guys meet each other in real life and fall in love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I hate well people. Yeah. Uh, Blink got back together. The what I would consider the classic lineup, not your original lineup. They the the magazine should have put classic lineup because that really is true. Tom, Mark, Travis. It's the Tom, Mark, and Travis show again. Back together. Uh, uh, oh sounded boy. pretty good. Oh boy. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and they are a historically, I would say, inconsistent live band because throughout the history, there have been periods where Blink-182 was just about the worst live band you can watch in terms yeah. of like a famous band. And my theory about that is how good Blink-182 is, is a live is directly connected to how much Tom cares when he's on stage because... A lot of their song shows were train wrecks because Tom was just screwing around the whole time. Yeah. He was playing Already songs paid, weird. You know? He was yeah. singing weird. He was like doing a bunch of different things. But a lot of people are shitting on him at Coachella. 
think he just sounds a little older. He's doing a little bit more of the accent in certain times, but... Well, I read a thing that he had said that his vocal cords and his voice changed because of the painkillers that he was addicted to for Hell a long yeah, time. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so I'm like, i give him a pass for that. Two, he is older, and it is his voice has always been not classically great. Like, what do we want from Tom DeLonge, you know? Like, yeah, he's going to do the voice. He's going to do the weird accent. Him and Mark are going to quote unquote harmonize. You know, like it, it's fine. That's what the band is. I think, yeah, I think they sounded pretty much as good as they've ever sounded. There's, I at first was like, this is the best they've ever sounded. They got way better. And then yeah. I went back because somebody was like, he sounded really weird on I Miss You. So I went back and I watched a YouTube video of them playing it in 2004 I watched multiple to make sure he didn't just take one show seriously. And right. he sang it pretty well in 2004. He sounded more like the the record. Yeah. Um, but like I said, my brother saw Blink-182 with Green Day and said Blink-182 is the worst live band he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would put the time I saw Fall Out Boy on the list of worst live bands I've ever seen. Well, and if you think uh, about it, that guy's voice. Same thing. Same thing. They are yeah. doing very similar things because Patrick Stump, big Tom DeLonge fan. <laughs> right. And like big, his voice sounds good in the studio guy because they could do all that stuff in they, the studio. They probably do a million good. takes. Uh, yeah. Even um, I saw this thing with Mark, uh, Mark from Blink-182 a while back where he was like, there's nothing like recording an album to tell you like how bad of a singer you are. Because like they've always had a hard time with pitch, both of them. I thought Mark sounded pretty good. Mark uh, did sound good, I thought. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, being the guy who had to be not not really the lead, because I guess when Matt Skiba was in the band, Skiba sang the, the long parts, but like maybe that made him a stronger singer, uh, Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Did. And he, he got older. I, I bet he went to, I bet he did some vocal training. I bet he's done some vocal training historically. Um, I saw some old Skiba videos. Yeah. That's not Blink, dude. That is two marks. We can't have two marks in Blink-182. Yeah, they not have better, nearly as good of a band. They have better harmonies because their I don't voices care. are the same. Yeah. Um, I saw Blink-182 with, with Matt Skiba. Yeah. Um, so I have not seen the original nor the classic lineup, uh, but it was still a good time. And uh, I really liked that California record that they put out while Matt Skiba was in the band. Uh, Travis, of course is holding it down um he's a he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot these days but uh that's sort of his whole his whole gig so uh i did hate it i thought the new song sounded really good live uh i thought the feeling this that i watched a video of sounded great yeah i'm in for it like they sounded they sounded like blink 182 which is if you're paying your money what you want to see yeah and somebody was talking to me today and they were asking me like they said that they saw I Miss You at Coachella and was like, uh, I'm going to go see Green Day later this year. Uh, they had they were like choosing between the two. I don't know if Green mm. Day is even touring, but um, I was like, I don't know what I'd suggest to you because Blink-182 seems like it's a really fun show. Green Day is one of the greatest live bands I've ever seen. So, And they hadn't seen Green As soon as they told me they hadn't seen Green Day yet, but they saw Blink with, with Tom, I was like, oh, go see Green Day. What are you yeah. doing? Um, but I am thoroughly jazzed. I paid 
a lot of money for a floor seat to this to this damn show for the floor. Oh man, I'm 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 punching freaking pop punk <laughs> nerds with bandanas around their neck. Are there chairs or is it floor floor like you're I know, standing? Dog. I didn't. I don't have an assigned seat. That's a who. That's a. <laughs> That's a rough go, my friend. Yeah, there might, might be. We might be in the middle of the show. In the middle of the show, and I go, I got a regret right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, the hair. The air is real hot, and it smells. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a big at this age uh, seat for my concert guy. Doesn't diminish my enjoyment in the least. Uh, when I saw the Foo Fighters, had a chair. It was great. I don't know this song. I'm sitting down. I'm going with the same guy. That I went and saw Rage with. We have floor hmm. seats for Rage. Sorry, Dusty. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to rub this in your face once again. Um, yeah. We had floor seats for Rage, but because of my friend and the job <laughs> that he had at the time, yeah. we got in very late. And what they do with the floor seats, I don't know if they do this at every show, uh, probably because it seems like it would stop the people in the front from being trampled and killed. Uh, they let in, you know, 500 people. Then they put a big ass barrier all the way across the field. This is at a soccer stadium, uh, the Blink Show, and then the uh, the uh, Rage Show was at the Coliseum, which is a football stadium. So like, yeah. let in a bunch of people, barrier. Let in more people, barrier. Let in more people, barrier. So the back isn't pushing to the front and crushing, turning everybody in right. the front into catch up. You know what I mean? Yeah, you uh, minimize the crushing if yeah. you <laughs> do it in stacks. So when know. we got in, it was the literal last chunk of the stadium yeah so we were a hundred yards from rage against the machine i was gonna say you told me tom was like a little bitty guy he's a little uh, tiny boy yeah but you were on but you were on the field i was on yeah. the i was on the goddamn and I, yeah. I felt the fires that were being set and i watched people tear down merch tents and first aid tents and um so this is going to be intense this is going to be and I, the band do you remember i told you to listen to the band turnstile yes uh, i have not as of yet but i keep seeing their name pop up they're opening for blink in this show you're gonna be in trouble dude dude turnstile is a yeah. is a hardcore punk band yeah that like it's one of those bands this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna fly at this show because it's a stadium show but it's one of those bands where you see like they're playing and people are just running on stage the whole time and jumping off the stage that's so stupid to me by the way i i don't i don't get it i don't, I don't get that scene but i'm gonna be amongst them yeah you're gonna be right in deep with them i'm gonna bring know? brass knuckles dude that's <laughs> um i think the last time that i was on the floor for a show I saw Queens of the Stone Age, uh, which was pretty dope. They were good. Yeah. Uh, but I also saw a dad punch a dude in the face. Yeah. So definitely a dad who didn't didn't want to be there, and he was just standing arms crossed next to his uh, daughter, and then some dude ran into him, and then he punched that man in the face. And so the last know, time look, look I was that, I guess the last time I was on the floor for a show was. Uh, What's the what's the metal band who the guy hired a a, a hitman to kill his wife? They were Christian metal oh, band. Oh, as I lay as I lay, di- as I as lay I, dying. I lay yeah, it yeah. was an as I lay dying show at California Metal Fest, and I got punched in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a rough gig. <laughs> a guy walked past me and like pushed me because it's like yeah. testosterone horseshit. So I t- I got annoyed and I turned around, pushed him, just walked away. One for one. We but we he got his receipt. You know what I mean? 
That's he pushed. He pushed me again, so I turned around and pushed him again. And I'm, I, I don't know why. I thought, that, okay, I could just walk away now. Yeah. And I walked away, and the guy punched me in the back of the head. And then uh, disappeared into the crowd. I was too big for him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'll tell you this. When I saw Blink, uh, All American Rejects opened for reasons that are unknown to me. Uh, like, Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. And they played five songs. And they were all hits, and then they left, and it was awesome. And I was yeah. like, possibly the greatest set I've ever seen. All American uh, Rejects playing five songs. That is banger, 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 banger. Yeah, all killer, no filler. They were just like, we're playing Move Along. We're playing Swing, Swing. We're playing Dirty Little Secret. We're playing some other song I don't know. And then we're like, good night, everybody. <laughs> Peace awesome. out. Yeah. Uh, I and, love you. <laughs> uh, a Day to Remember, who I don't know but everybody was uh pumped about the girl i was uh talking to was at that show and uh she sent me a clip from uh i don't know if it was the same show she's from yeah. she's from fresno i think she's one of my radio groupies who messages me on instagram all the time and i'm uh-huh. not you're it's, uh, well i saw them in fresno annoying. so it probably makes sense it's uh, probably it was probably that show but yeah, uh yeah, yeah sounded uh weird it's yeah. weird hearing i'm feeling this with just a normal guy going the air is so cold and <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah but we well i don't know that we necessarily it's a level below stan a legend uh we acknowledge matt skiba and we tip our hat to him for his contributions you know, yeah, thank you for a, your every, service dog that's yeah, not keep, blink 182 i get i get why <laughs> right. you're like why why they wanted to keep going i get why they did all this but like hey bro that's not blink 182 bro people aren't filling up the stadium for plus 44 reunion you know what i mean that's true so the boxcar racer and shit um, yeah but yeah i'm going to see blink 182 i'm gonna be on the floor i'm gonna be fucking 32 years old on the floor of a punk rock show yeah. uh with uh, probably 40,000 people nah. Probably thirty thousand people, because I think the stadium capacity for soccer is like twenty-two thousand people. Okay, yeah, and if they, you know, move the sidelines and stuff, you're getting yeah, you're letting people on the on the on the field, all that shit. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk. <laughs> I'm happy for it. I can't wait to hear you report back. Should you survive? Yeah. Uh, I well, I and for the record, I'm not getting drunk because I'm going to drive back to Bakersfield after that show because right. I spent way too much money on the ticket and I ain't getting an Airbnb or a no, hotel. Airbnb in the uh, the place that we stayed at for WrestleMania. No, 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 no mystery stains on the on the couch. <laughs> I don't think there's a mystery what that stain was. Look, I for me to continue to live, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and forego go with mystery. And, yeah, forego. I'm gonna <laughs> just gonna say. Uh, I'm not gonna interrogate it too much, yeah. you know. Dusty uh, Dusty slept on the couch because, of course, he did, and uh, he uh, he strategically placed like pillows and uh, what was it like your bag and like. Well, yeah, cool. Because the the pictures of the Airbnb don't uh, highlight mystery stains on the couch, and I was like, okay, there's a place for Andrew to sleep. There's a wall because I am notoriously loud. Uh, snore when I sleep, and I'm trying to be considerate. Dusty so, snores like Uncle Buck. <laughs> it's look. If I could do something about it, I would. But uh, you know, go, can't do anything. Go about to the it, doctor so. again. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, but uh, so then I was like, well, I'm left very little recourse. Uh, 
but to sleep on this couch, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not thrilled about it, but what am I going to do? And then I was like, well, I'll just put some blankets over the couch. Classic, uh, clear up the gross stuff. I'll lay on this blanket. That'll solve it. One spare blanket in the entirety of the <laughs> Airbnb. Uh, and it was a sheet. It wasn't even a blanket and it had a, and it had a tear in it. I hate this. I hate this guy. I haven't, I haven't left a, a review. I probably should just to back no. up my friend. Dusty. I hope all the bad things in life happen to him and nobody else but him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Dusty, when Dusty got home, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to shower this Airbnb off of me. <laughs> yeah. Took a nice uh, 90 minute shower. I don't care. Drought's over as far as I'm concerned. Listen, we flooded. If they didn't yeah. do if they didn't do the right thing with that water, that's not my problem. <laughs> Look, I I took a shower till the hot water ran out. Then I turned off the water. <laughs> then I dried off. Waited for the water to heat back up. Got back <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> it's a deep scrub. I was I needed all new skin at the end of that trip. Dusty uh, shed his skin like a lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, dude, that's one of the benefits. Yes, I snore like Uncle Buck, but I can also get new skin. That is so, true. That is uh, true. Speaking of another <laughs> mostly terrible time, uh, you want to hit the theme song, Andrew? Yeah, sure, I do. <laughs> Snark Marks, everybody. We are a wrestling retrospective podcast from the re- Central Valley of California. I'm Andrew. That's Dusty. Uh, I am... Man, I didn't have anything ready for this one. I am... Uh, who teaches who on this one? Uh, uh, I am I am the 1980 hockey team, and uh, Dusty is Kurt Russell. <laughs> hey, I'll, t- I'll take it. Do you believe in miracles? What Not the hell on this was show. his name? Gil, it was like Gil something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, follow us on the socials at SnarkMarksPod on Instagram and Twitter. Dusty's at SnarkMarkD on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, follow us on your favorite pos- podcast app, more importantly. So if you don't want to, if you only want to do one of these shits, do that. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcast app or subscribe or whatever whatever you do. Listen to all our shit. If, if you don't want to listen to our shit, just press play and go do something else. Yeah, just bump those numbers up. We don't care. We don't care how we get to it. We're just uh, try try to get those numbers up. Herb Brooks didn't even have to ah. Google it. Herb Brooks <laughs> you, was his name. You were way off. I'm Samsonite. A, I'm, I'm a I'm a hockey historian. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, Andrew, uh, do you want to tell the people why we had to watch Halloween Havoc? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so Dusty and I, or I have a podcast, and uh, I was. Uh, thinking about it and I was saying we should probably do uh, this is, I'm stupid uh, but we should we should probably do uh, NCAA tournament bracket it is currently April 17th it's the month after the March Madness tournament that's why they call it March Madness um, and I this is what this is why I'm stupid I was like oh we should put something on this whoever wins gets to do something I was like whoever wins 
gets to pick our 100th episode. Now, if you clicked on this episode, you will see this is not our 100th episode. <gasps> this is episode, I believe, 98. Oh, yeah. it works for what we're, what we're Look, watching. Look, that's certainly... Um, we are not going to tell you what we're doing for our 100th episode. It's only going to matter a lot to us, to be honest. You're going to be like, that's what, that's what the big surprise was. But it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a long time coming, I can tell you that. <laughs> Dusty came up with something that we have to do for the 100th episode. So Dusty gets to pick this episode. But I lost because I picked my March Madness bracket based on the coolness of the mascots. Um which helped me. I got I got close with the uh, San Diego State Aztec Warriors. Yeah, good name. Um, which is a good dope mascot. name. Yeah, dope dope name. But uh, they lost, I think, in my tournament in the final four or something. I can't remember if they made it to the championship. So I was the only one who made their bracket, knowing that there were going to be stakes for these brackets. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked a gimmick way to pick all these stupid uh, basketball teams, and Dusty actually tried. I never well, a little been... bit. I don't know anything about basketball, but I was, you know. Did you stomp my ass? Was it, like, not even close? Uh, I got 500 points. Uh, I don't know what your final total was. 43? I don't know how many points I got. No, I think it was closer than uh, I'd want it to be. Turn, turns out you actually won. We never checked back. Yeah, who cares? I mean, you, there's yeah. no way. There's no way. I, I don't even think. I think it's it's. I think it's outdated now. I have to go on the website, but I'm not going to do that. I lost. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Dusty was like, "Hey, I'm going to make you watch some more WCW horseshit." Because um, we haven't watched pick, WCW horseshit in a while. Yeah, I was going to pick something much worse. Uh, I, I guess relatively. Um, and I've thought of more since then that I maybe should have picked to force you to watch, but. Uh, because we, we had, yeah, we had Jacob on the last episode and he loves the ultimate warrior. I, I remembered, oh shit, Andrew's never seen WCW warrior. Uh, so we should probably do that. So I picked Halloween Havoc 1998 as the, uh, as the show we had to review. Uh, it was October 25th, 1998 taking place in according to Wikipedia, paradise, Nevada, but it's Las Vegas. Uh, oh, that's probably oh, it's the MGM, yeah. So um, the it's it's it is straight up Las Vegas. I don't know how yeah. it's you're in a different city because I've been to Paradise, Nevada. Um, it's where uh, it's where the the um, the T-Mobile Arena, which is where the UFC does all their shit, yeah. it, is in Paradise. But it's in fucking Vegas. It's right there. It's the MGM. Right. So yeah, this is the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, and there were 10,663 people in attendance tonight with a tagline, the night when good battles evil. Uh, and this sort of became the resident place to have Halloween Havoc. they had had Halloween Havoc 97, uh, at the MGM garden, uh, arena. And then they had the next years there for sure. So they just sort of set up like Halloween Havoc happens in Vegas. Uh, which is interesting, but like Vegas is always a good place to have uh, a show. Oh yeah, it's always good. It's always good. Yeah. You, the 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 energy of Vegas. Like I went to Vegas for nothing. Like I didn't go for a show or anything like that. I went to a show, uh, a jazz show. But like Vegas, everything feels different when you do it in Vegas. Um, it's probably the intoxication or the debauchery. But. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
how much backstory do you want me to give you vis-a-vis WCW 1998? I gotta be honest, Dusty. I am starting yeah. to feel that sandwich. Okay. Uh, Let me but, try to move move quick. No, you're good. You're, you don't have to move quick. Uh, uh, give me... I mean, give give me give me the back. Give me some backstory because we got listeners. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. what I want. Uh, I'll give you the overview. So, Sting defeats Hollywood Hogan once and for all for the WCW title at Super Brawl in February of 1998. This is the rematch from Starcade '97, the de- the debacle of all debacles. Real quick. It, it just makes it so much. Well, we've, I know we talked about this. You had to have told me this. It makes yeah. it so much worse that they just gave him the fucking title a couple months later. Like, what's what's the next? What's the next pay per view? After uh, WWE. Uh, oh, uh, Backlash. Like uh, everybody's saying that Cody should win the title at Backlash. Like, how right. flaccid is that? <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna do uh, the big cool thing. We're gonna do the really small cool thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, they wanted to get a rematch out of it, and you can't have Sting beat Hogan twice. <laughs> that would be terrible. Well, so, then what's what's the what's the one before Starcade? Uh, sold out, but sold out's horseshit. So they don't sold want to. Sold out do is horseshit. <laughs> so <laughs> every sold uh, out sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Sting <laughs> did beat Hulk Hogan at Super Brawl with the help of Macho Man Randy Savage, who is in the NWO. So Sting still can't beat him by himself. Uh, <laughs> so so not then, uh, two months later, Sting loses the belt to Macho Man Randy Savage at the <laughs> April pay-per-view. The next night, Hulk Hogan beats Randy Savage to <laughs> regain the WCW title. So uh, <laughs> all of that leads to the split of the NWO. We got NWO, Black and White, which is Hulk Hogan's group. Uh, Kevin Nash and Macho Man break off from that group and form the Wolfpack uh, in May of 1998. Quickly, Lex Luger, famed enemy of the NWO, joins the Wolfpack uh, because they don't have enough star power on the Wolfpack side. Uh, Then... Famed enemy of the wolf of the NWO, Sting, joins the Wolf Pack. Uh. <laughs> this, it just it just fucking pisses me off. So I'm just I have PTSD from our 1997 breakdown, bro. Like, yeah. oh, everybody is in the NWO now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody except Brett the Hitman Hart, who uh, helps Brett or who helps uh, Hulk Hogan recapture the WCW title, but does not officially join the NWO. He's an associate. He's above it. Yeah. <laughs> um, until he, he officially... He, prob- uh, he, he officially joins, does he? Until he officially joins later. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all of that is to lead to, in July, they got a little guy named Goldberg, who's on an undefeated streak, has caught fire. Goldberg only started wrestling in September of 1997. By July of 1998, he beats Hulk Hogan on Monday Nitro at the Georgia Dome in front of like 40,000 people on not a pay-per-view to win the WCW title. And remember, everybody, if, if, you're, not, if you're not a wrestling fan and you're, and you're listening to this, Goldberg is a set of traps with boots on. 
Yes. He is, uh, a, he is a bald, big old pile of muscles. He screams a lot, yes. and he never loses. Now, he is, but he is wildly over. Yeah, and he's a bad wrestler. Pers- yes. But he is over uh, as shit. Like, everybody loves fucking Goldberg. Yes. Uh, he wins the title in July. Andrew, mm-hmm. when is Halloween Havoc? It is in October. October 25th, actually. Yes. Um, in the time between when Goldberg wins the title in July, there are three pay-per-views. Do you want to guess how many of those Bill Goldberg headlined as a WCW champion? Three of them. It's a big old squad <laughs> Zero many, pay-per-views wait, hold as on. champion. How many times did Hulk Hogan headline? That's going to be two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> fucking son of a bitch <laughs> so at the july pay-per-view and hold it's, on real quick just yeah. so everybody knows hulk hogan is like he he won't he he he's notorious he doesn't like to lose even though there's a fake bullshit thing he doesn't want to lose everything's about him he he has a hand in the booking kind of and he like he he would just be like, oh, what if this becomes about me in the back in, in the back room t- yeah. discussions, and everything becomes about him. He's a notorious liar. He's a racist. His beard is a different color than his mustache. He has a he has a, a cul-de-sac hairdo that he grows to his shoulders. Uh, it, he stinks, and I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, to quote Jim Norton in Spider Man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was incorrect. Uh, Hulk Hogan main evented three out of three. <laughs> I had to double check which match went on last at Fall Brawl. So, in July, Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman wrestle DDP and Carl Malone at Bash at the Beach. This is July 98? Yeah. Real? That was, that was in 98? <laughs> that was in 98. Uh, in August, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff wrestle Jay Leno and <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page in the main event of Road Wild. I wish I could do uh, a Jane Leno impression. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, kick in the face, you know? And in September, the War Games match, which they messed up, it turned into a three-team uh, battle for a number one contender spot for the t- championship uh, main evented, and Hogan was on Team NWO, obviously. Uh, Goldberg didn't even wrestle on that show. <laughs> he wasn't even. He, didn't he was have the a, champion. Didn't have a match. Nah, couldn't be bothered. Have they ever explained why? Because Hogan had top billing. Everything had to be about Hogan, but and uh, you couldn't. He, every, Hogan had to have top billing, and you can't put top billing over your title. Really? Right. Well, no. He wrestled in July. Uh, he made his first title defense against known uh, main event wrestler Kurt Henning. At this point, hell uh, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> in perfect. Yeah, in August. Uh, Goldberg won a battle royal with the NWO guys, just random NWO jobbers. Wait, you had Bill Goldberg, fucking notorious body snapper Bill Goldberg, (laughs) wrestle, can barely move, I've broken my back, I need a uh, (laughs) backyotomy-ass Kurt Hennig? Yes, uh, for three minutes and 50 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, so Halloween Havoc is also the first time that Goldberg has main evented since he won the title. Uh, <laughs> and at this point, he is 157-0, and 0, I believe. Yes, uh, according to their math. So <laughs> yeah. um, 
I think that does a pretty good job of catching us up. There's some other stuff, but it's within the show, so we could talk about it then. Uh, one funny thing that I found was Dennis Rodman had uh, two more matches. Uh, like In this span, Goldberg's had four matches and main evented one pay-per-view. Dennis Rodman's had two matches and main evented one pay-per-view. So, you know... <laughs> WCW. <laughs> they know what sells, man. That's how you yeah. beat. That's how you beat. Uh, that's how you beat Vince for eighty-two weeks. Fifty-two weeks. Uh, <laughs> eighty-two weeks. Eighty-two 83. weeks. Eighty-three weeks. God yeah, damn it! <laughs> yeah. Um. So they they give us some big operatic music, uh, and some visuals to go with our big matches tonight because we got three big main event matches happening tonight. Four really, uh, that they keep hyping up, <laughs> and then nothing else. We got Sting versus Bret Hart. Hall versus Nash, Hogan versus Warrior Two, and DDP versus Goldberg for the title. That's like the whole show, and then they luckily threw in a bunch of matches at the last second. Uh, I am offended that neither Disco Inferno nor Rick Steiner were mentioned right. in your breakdown. Well, they weren't in the opening package. So, oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, you, you get off. Uh, of that. All right. <laughs> uh, and yet, the show still needed Nitro Girls to open it, uh, do a little dance routine. So. And they said that the night this was the Nitro Girls debut, their pay per view debut. Yes, because normally by their name, you know, they were just on Nitro. <laughs> I was they dance on Nitro. I was looking for Stacy Keebler the whole time. She's not there. No, uh, but maybe uh, Shawn Michaels' eventual wife might have been among that group. So. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because she was a Nitro Girl dancer. Hell yeah. Uh, show opens, 10 out of 10 for you. Rick Steiner is out. <laughs> uh, not to discuss gender politics, luckily. Thank God. Hey, and real so. quick, okay? I'm going to say a lot of good things about Rick Steiner in this show. <laughs> I'm talking about the dog-faced gremlin Rick Steiner as a wrestling character and a performer. I, 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 I've heard that he said some very unfortunate things recently. And I, I, I formally apologize for Rick Steiner yeah. for doing that. I'm speaking for him. He shouldn't have said those things. They were wrong. I'm going to say a lot of good things about him as a performer today because yeah. I separate the art from the artist in this respect. I'm not going to have him teach my kid a civics class. Right. But, goddamn it, do I like... you got to learn how to do a bulldog off the top, you're calling Rick Steiner. I'm calling, I'm calling the goddamn gremlin. And also, let me get this out of the way. <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of good things about one Glenn Gilberetti, the <laughs> Disco Inferno today. And yeah. I know he's got some questionable ideas about politics. <laughs> But I'm talking about Disco Inferno, the performer, the disco dancer, the uh, the, the 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 chicken shit, disco, the chicken shit fever. heel. He's got yeah. disco fever, and I am not talking about the guy who has a podcast with Conan and talks much shit about. I think he's uh, I think he's like super hardcore right wing QAnon guy, right? Right? I don't know if he's QAnon, but I know he's a right. He's guy, got right? some interesting ideas i don't know that he's a hundred percent uh super right-wing guy but he said some uh stuff yeah whatever he to... said i don't know what he said i apologize for what he said doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with what I'm, about, what I'm about to say about him okay let's yeah. get that out of the way uh just so you know the hound is in the pound and he's and he's ready to get down tonight. he is ready That's to get Rick's down time. yeah i uh <laughs> go ahead go ahead buff bagwell and buff bagwell's kangle and fubu shirt <laughs> come out uh, and he wants real to quick. Team up. I'm about to say a lot of fun, good things about Buff Bagwell as a performer. <laughs> yeah, 
I know that he pandered a bunch on on Twitter, faking to be woke a lot, and it was a fake guy making his making his tweets for him. I don't I don't I don't condone that. I'm not happy about Buff Bagwell doing those things, but yeah. uh, I, I'm talking about him as a performer only. I separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have to apologize. Impor- for yeah, important to, important to put it out there. Yeah. Uh, Buff Bagwell wants to team up with Rick Steiner. In spite of the fact that Buff Bagwell has spent many of the last months uh, helping Scott Steiner beat up Rick Steiner. So, uh, and also uh, Rick paralyzed Buff Bagwell on accident at one point. So, (laughs) hell yeah. uh, Well, no, like uh, for real, Buff, they've, uh, he took a bad bump off of the bulldog and got, it was like legit paralyzed in the ring. (laughs) Was, uh, was that, was that like recently? That I, was probably that last March or April. Oh, okay. Because like so, who was it that uh, somebody almost got paralyzed by uh, the Ultimate Warrior's trapdoor? <laughs> that's Davy Boy Smith. Davy Boy, that's that. who it was. It was, it was the British Bulldog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Rick, of course, you know, he's a generous man. He's a forgiving man. Yeah. Uh, this is 1998. So he's still got those qualities. Uh, he will team up with buff and JJ Dillon comes out, makes it official or no, JJ is not out yet. I made a note that was like, man, I know buff Bagwell is eventually going to turn on my boy, Rick Steiner (laughs) in this, in this here pay-per-view. But, uh, I love seeing two kings together. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, the time that we get together, always too short, you know? Two of my favorite uh, two of my favorite WCW products of all time join in forces for probably 36 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this match it's is a, not going to go well yeah. if past is prologue. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, our opening match is Raven versus Chris Jericho. You have anything you want to say about Chris Jericho? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm thank you. I'm about to say a lot of good things about Chris Jericho as a performer. <laughs> I know his wife was at the January sixth shit. I know he donates a lot of money to skeezy politicians. I know he likes the fucking young bucks. I I'm not gonna hold all these things against him right now in this yeah. conversation. I am not speaking about whatever Chris Irvine thinks about the vaccine (laughs) or the, the shape of the earth. I am talking about Chris Jericho, the performer. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. Dusty. I separate the art from the artist. Important to get it out there. Um, (laughs) So Raven's in the ring and he's upset because he was scheduled for an unscheduled match. How do you get, (laughs) you figure that one out? Yeah. It's fucking, Uh, come on, get the fuck (laughs) out of here. You're not smart. Uh, and he doesn't want to wrestle, so he's just going to leave. And yeah. so uh, Chris Jericho, uh, in mid-promo, sort of turns babyface because they have this, like, it's a technically a heel versus heel match, really. And he's like, oh, you know, I got to fight you because all the Jericho-holics want to see me, Chris Jericho. Uh, and so that's how we get into the match. Yeah, he called it, what does he call the flock? Like the biggest group of morons in the world or something? Yeah, he's a bunch of idiots led by an idiot. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you say a lot of things about Raven, just don't call him an idiot. And Chris Jericho has the top ponytail thing going on. Uh, He's got a top knot and a Monday Night Jericho shirt, which is actually a good shirt. He's the best, man. He fucking. I don't know why everybody I like ends up being (laughs) some fucking asshole. Like, 
but he's uh, Chris Jericho is uh, he's hard to beat. He's like, what does he say in this in this promo? He says something. Jericho is rock and roll. What, what's the line? He says, hold on, I've written down. Uh, Chris Jericho means buy rates. Chris Jericho means butts in the seats, and Chris Jericho means rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the one that gets Raven in the ring. So, yeah, how dare like, you? Oh, you do not. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 the grunge character. Yeah. <laughs> um, these two have a pretty decent match. Um, considering Raven didn't want it, didn't feel like wrestling. Uh, Raven hits a really nice looking DDT, like where he kicks his legs out. There's a good sell on it. Um, but then in the end, Canyon, who is still with Raven, even though the flock is broken up, comes out. There's a miscommunication. Uh, Jericho gets the lion tamer, and Raven immediately taps out uh, at seven minutes at 49 seconds. And this match got three stars. Uh, it was for the TV title, and there's a funny story in Jericho's book where at this point he's negotiating with WWF to leave uh, WCW. And... Uh, so he's expecting to like go on TV and just get buried all the time. And then Bischoff's like, well, I know you're talking to them, even though you legally can't tell me you are, uh, but I'm not going to just beat you into the ground. And then they made him the TV champ and gave him a bunch of TV time. <laughs> so, you know, classic WCW. He's Chris Jericho, dog. Yeah. But, um, um, the, the story going into this was that they mentioned it on the broadcast, the, um, the flock had mostly completely abandoned. They'd flew south for the winter. Um, yeah. <laughs> they had abandoned the Raven, and uh, probably because he's so exhausting. And um, ever since they all left yeah. him, he had been tapping to a bunch of submissions. Like, he, he, he needed the strength of the flock to withstand the pain. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so that's why, like, that's why it was part of the story that he tapped to the walls of Jericho. Um, well, the things. flock the flock had gotten broken up uh, the previous month. Saturn had beat Raven, and one and the stipulation was the flock had to disband due to that uh, victory. Uh, okay, well there you go. So they, and then, they didn't just leave on their own accord. It was like uh, somebody came and grabbed all the kids that had been taken by the cult leader and brought them home. You know, I lost my friends in a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm real bummed about it. So two things. Uh, first of all, we have established on the on on the podcast, and I uh, I want it to be said we ride for Chris Canyon on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Canyon, we are Chris Canyon guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, there was a t- there was a moment where Jericho jumped off the apron to to hit uh, Raven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Raven gets out of the way, and Jericho just goes head first straight into the safety rail. <laughs> yeah, he just takes a straight up header into that safety rail. That's um, what turned him. That's what made him who he is today. <laughs> that, I'm blaming that sing- Raven. Yeah, that singular concussions what did <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so Andrew, we haven't reviewed WCW in a while. Have you been jonesing for that classic NWO theme to hit? <laughs> Dude, it was like, I was like, I didn't realize how little I missed it. Until, again, <laughs> and again, and um, it just always means some horseshit's about to happen. Like, yeah. if I think, you know, Time Machine, if they had, if, if, if it was the same theme. And they matched it with like good booking. It could be yeah. a decent wrestling theme. Yeah. Well, and if they didn't use it for 
every guy. Hulk Hogan and Stevie Ray have the same theme song. Yeah, <laughs> so, and look. the the weird talking in the background and like yeah. that type of that shit. Like, so yeah, ex- exactly. If it was just one of their themes, if it's just the Outsiders theme song, yeah, Gravy Train. But guess what? It's not okay. <laughs> no, uh, Hogan comes out with Bischoff, and this is peak uh, Eric Bischoff douchiness. Uh, and he's he's very good. Uh, you really want to say any, you want to really say anything is. about Eric Bischoff? Uh, I don't think has he he hasn't really. Uh, no, he hasn't, seems. I, all right, I'll I'll, I'll I'll I'm I, okay. This is what I'll say about Eric Bischoff. I'm about to say some good things about Eric Bischoff as a performer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know that he's a terrible booker. I've to listen. Listen to our back catalog. I've spent forty percent of this podcast shitting on Eric Bischoff's booking. Um. So, you know, I'm separating the performer from the booker in this scenario. I will not apologize. Um, the one thing that sucks, he lost his, his, his money shot, his money hair. Yeah, uh, it's, it's gone away. Hogan comes out, says he could give you the Gettysburg address, but he won't, which I don't know what that means. Uh, and, and, then, and, and also he can't. <laughs> right, yeah. Four score and seven weeks ago, I beat up Horace in the ring. Uh, so, Don't say the N-word, brother. That's all That's all yeah. he's saying in his head. And I'm not uh, going to apologize for Hulk Hogan because I'm going to talk a bunch of shit about him in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, he brags about beating up his cousin and he's like, or his nephew, and he's like, if I'll beat up my nephew, imagine what I'll do to the warrior. Uh, I'm beating him up tonight, brudda. And then he leaves. So yeah. <laughs> couldn't have been a pre-tape Hulk. You had to come out in front of the crowd for that one. Yeah, and also uh, your nephew is Horace. Is it Horace Hogan? Horace Hogan, yeah. Also, your nephew's Horace Hogan. I can beat up Horace Hogan. <laughs> yeah, well, and they hadn't tied a connection to him until literally, I think, the week before when Hogan beat him up. But it was like, nobody cares about Horace. He used to be in the flock. No one cares about him at all. <laughs> they just they just need needed some diabolical thing for Hogan to do. Yeah. Uh, our second match of the night, a text from Andrew last night. Oh, good. I get to watch Wrath versus Ming. Yeah. <laughs> um. They're trying to build up Wrath here. Uh, they're giving him like a mini undefeated streak, a uh, tiny one. And so Wrath beats Ming in four minutes, 24 seconds. This gets three-fourths of a star. The one genu- genuinely impressive thing that happens in this match is Wrath hits his pump handle finish, pump handle slam move on Ming uh, to finish the match. But otherwise, this match stinks. I don't know why they put it on the pay-per-view. Uh Ming is genuinely, apparently, the toughest man in the history of wrestling. Uh, but this he, match stinks. He bit a motherfucker's nose off, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Wrath move is just its just a rock bottom. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? We already got one of those. Oh, the other move. The the one where he grabs the guy's arm and puts it between his legs and then like flips him up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. yeah. The other thing he did is just a rock bottom. Yeah, so right. go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Uh, uh, look at old can't draw for shit Billy Kidman backstage, not realizing that his life's going to get way worse in 2000 when he feuds with Hulk Hogan. He gets, uh, thrown, he gets thrown in a comically tall trash can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's he's hanging out at WCW.com asking questions nobody has uh, cares to hear the answer to. Dude, I couldn't pay attention to this part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is where I noticed they're doing crowd shots. A lot of ladies in the crowd for the wrestling show. Uh, which old promoters will tell you is a sign of health within the promotion. That's that, what like, happens you, when you got you got Alex Wright on the show. Yeah. Um, our third match to the to the familiar strings of Disco Fever. 
uh, Disco Inferno versus Juventud Guerrera. Take it away, Andrew. Dude, I really think Disco Inferno could have been like a really good heel. Like I think I and I'm not joking. There's times, and I cer- certainly there have been times where I've been ironic about <laughs> my love for Disco Inferno. Right. But he's got such a chicken shit face, man. Like you hate that guy, you know. And yeah. he's got a body, and he, 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 the disco stuff, whatever. You know, I'll t- take it or leave it. You're probably not going to get like, you know, you're not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer with a disco man, disco stew gimmick. <laughs> right. But I, I just, I think he could have, I think if booked correctly, Glenn Gilberetti, which I believe is his name, right? Something yeah. like that, could have been a really good heel wrestler. Like, I don't think he's, he's not, his work isn't great, obviously. But look at the, look at the goddamn, co-main event of this show you know what i mean <laughs> right so like uh he he's he's good at i think he's pretty good at pacing in the ring like he he doesn't rush things he's he, he'll soak things up disco inferno's disco inferno's thing is that he always gets distracted by wanting to disco dance when he has his guys down yeah and, well the, in this match bobby heenan is talking about how disco inferno needs guidance he's yeah. like he needs a manager. He needs somebody to keep him on track. Cause like that's sort of the whole gimmick is like, he's a good wrestler, uh, except for he has no discipline. So like, there's no uh, discipline. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shut the studio down. Uh, any yeah. Ch- yes. yeah. Uh, any chance he has to disco dance, even to his own detriment. Like there's a part in this match where, uh, Hooventude gets a is trying for a sunset flip and Disco starts trying to do the Macarena. <laughs> that's uh, why. That's why it's a fever, Dusty. Yeah, he can't. He can't he needs, sweat it out. He needs vancomycin. Uh, yeah. Guerrera also obviously a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. Yeah. Is this supposed to be a cruiserweight match? It is. Disco Inferno's gimmick is that he is clearly above the weight limit for the cruiserweights, but he keeps lying about it. <laughs> and, uh, Isn't that and amazing? Isn't that fucking awesome? That's hilarious. That's a good, it's a good gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i not uh, opposed to mid-card Disco Inferno. Like you said, he's never going to be in the main event of uh, WrestleMania or Starcade with this gimmick. Yeah. But like, he's a very serviceable mid-card heel that gets heat. You know, he's a honky tonk man. Dude, and I love nothing. Honky tonk yeah. man's a sweet gig to have. Yeah, intercontinental champion Disco Inferno. I could see that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and uh, uh, it doesn't seem like he's. It doesn't seem like he's all that well liked in wrestling. Uh, he has a lot of ideas, uh, and people make fun of him <laughs> yeah. for his ideas. It seems like it does. It does seem like Glenn Gilberetti has a lot of delusions of grandeur. Well, and he like <laughs> hung out with the in, like as a hanger on to sort of the NWO guys and stuff, and then later on he was on the creative team. But he like came up with all these weird ideas, and people make fun of him for them all the time. <laughs> uh, but in uh, this match, uh, like you said, Hoovy's a good wrestler. This match is a little bit sloppy, which has always also been the thing with Hoovy is like he he is not consistent in the way that like Rey Mysterio is like he'll yeah. try for the really good stuff and some of the time he hits it awesome but some of the time uh it's a little it's a little rougher on the edges so uh but this was a perfectly serviceable match the weird thing to me was like uh Hoovintu keeps hitting stuff on disco he hits like 10 things in a row on disco and disco keeps kicking out and then out of nowhere disco hits a power driver which isn't even his move 
and picks up the win. So it was like very little momentum for the Disco Inferno's win. It was well. First of all, end. first of all, it was a jumping pile driver. A very good pile driver. But, looked yeah, it was devastating. A it was a pretty but, good one. Um, but I think that goes along with the gimmick that he's way too big for cruiserweight. <laughs> right. The offense doesn't hurt him as bad. He's the he's the Goldberg of cruiserweight, bro. Yeah. He's I got think the I think I think you could have booked the shit out of that, bro. Yeah. But he um, there's one part in the match when uh, Juventud is dead on the ground and Disco Inferno climbs to the top rope and he's like on the top rope he does exactly a quarter of a second of disco dancing before Juventud hits his legs and crotches him on the corner yep he's uh, the best man yeah so uh this match was to determine who wrestles later against Kidman for the cruiserweight title so disco wins nine minutes 39 seconds it's got three stars uh which was good it was a good match you know and disco yeah, went good. over it was it was uh, physical like disco disco uh, threw him around quite a bit just because he's so much bigger than he is, but he's good. Uh, the <laughs> gross Scott Steiner, uh, looking like a villain from the Ninja Turtles, uh, comes out, says a bunch of gross stuff, uh, including Big Papa Pump is in town and he's ready to pound. Uh, <laughs> and what did he you wants do? to. Look how they massacred my boy, Scott Steiner. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what'd you do to my boy? <laughs> I did. I ran a poll on our Insta, on our Twitter one day. It got like not very many responses, but I said, which one sure. did you prefer, uh, pre Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner or Big Papa Pump? Big Papa Pump one. I don't fucking get it, man. <laughs> it was a main event. Scott Steiner, uh, super athlete, uh, never made it to the to the top. You know, which is a bummer because this Scott Steiner stinks. He really um, stinks. He does. Yeah. Uh, he wants to make it a tag match for the tag titles. Biggest arms in the world with the biggest wrestler in the world. So him and the giant versus Scott versus Buff and Rick. And this is also part of Scott's whole thing. Um, we watched where Scott turned on Rick at Super Brawl that February of 98. And they haven't had a match since then. Uh, Scott keeps eking his way out of the match so yeah scott steiner is scared (laughs) of rick as he should be it's a fucking dog face gremlin that you turned on you know yeah later on in the in the thing um uh bobby the brain says i think it's bobby the brain he says scott steiner is a scott steiner is an accomplished athlete the man can wrestle he just doesn't want any part of his brother who would no uh so then jj dylan comes out to give the exposition dump of like, you've been ducking your brother, uh, but let me understand what you want to do, because uh, I understand it. I'm just making sure all the people understand. You want to have a tag team title match. Uh, and then in the end, he says, oh, as a bonus, if Rick and Buff beat you, then you have to wrestle Rick, uh, which is the match that was already advertised and scheduled. So I don't know why <laughs> it's a bonus in this case. Um, You're welcome, if you America. Lose, if you lose the match that you made up on the spot, you then have to do the match that you said you would do in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know. It's the um, Wild West. And, and and Scott's like, yeah, I'll do that because nobody can pin this big fucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, little does he know, tables are going to turn. Tables are going to so, turn. Um, all right. <laughs> Added to the pay-per-view at the last minute, Andrew, because we needed it for buy rates. Mm-hmm. We got Finley. Mullet-ass-headed Finley. Taking on Dancing Machine, Alex Wright. Uh, 
I don't don't care about this match at all. Fit Finley does not do anything for me. Um, yeah. Alex Wright is German as shit. Uh, I don't care. Uh, yeah. They 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 wrestled. Uh, Alex Wright won by by a pin and uh, in five minutes nine seconds too long, and is a, a star in <laughs> a quarter. Yeah, and the fans agree with you. Chanted boring during this match, yeah. so they were also not pleased <laughs> with their extra match. Uh, now. Ernest the Cat Miller's backstage at WCW.com. The Cat, pretty good here. He keeps talking about how he's the greatest, and the he's like, I'm the greatest. And the Lee Marshall's like, there's already a guy named the greatest. And he goes, well, I'm the real deal. And he goes, there's already a guy who's named the real deal. And he's like, uh, the Cat claims that he's 65-0 and in the locker room backstage, and he's 5-0 and against the fat, overweight fans. <laughs> so, uh, that is funny. Yeah. I always like it when they call the fans fat. I'm a big fan yeah. of that. Fifth on this show, Andrew. Can you believe it? Another one of your guys, yeah. Lodi, <laughs> comes out. He's wrestling Saturn. What did you? Did Lodi enthrall you in this uh, in this match? This is a match between the two gayest guys at an Anthrax concert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Saturn comes out in his beret, uh, nineteen ninety eight, <laughs> Nate as beret. Uh, this match is nothing. Saturn nothing. broke up the flock, and this is just an excuse for Saturn to hit some of his cool moves, and then he gives a Death Valley driver to Lodi and kills him in like three minutes. Lodi's got this new this. I don't know if it's a new gimmick. He's got this gimmick where he just keeps bringing his signs, and somebody tries to take his signs. And he's like, "I need my signs." Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I don't know why this was on the pay per view, uh, but that's you know. Yeah, if you gimmick. get rid of. You get rid of one, two, three. <laughs> you can get rid of three matches and make this a way better pay-per-view. Like, and I'll give you... Yeah, you get rid of Wrath and Mang, Alex yeah. Wright and Fit Finley, and Saturn and Lodi. And, I mean, I'd like to get rid of Hulk Hogan and the Warrior, but it's Hulk Hogan and the Warrior, so you can't really right. get rid of it. This is a way yeah, better pay-per-view. If you get rid of those three matches... pay-per-view on you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the announcer's quarter star... <laughs> Yeah, they then we go to the announcers who are promising the big main event matches. They're like, what you've seen is a lot of horse shit. I promise. <laughs> We've got matches with stars. They're coming up. Uh, they show Buff coming in to save Rick Steiner on Monday Nitro. We get more Nitro girls, and then the announcers are like, so much has already happened. So Has it already happened? Yeah, I don't We've know. We've seen Lodi versus Saturn. Everyone can go home happy now. Oh, man. Uh, Fucking Lodi. <laughs> all right. Uh,. I'm going to take a pause. One second. All right. Sorry, not cutting this. Dusty had to pee. <laughs> I, did, I did. I had to take a break, uh, and there was a plane flying overhead, so I thought, there what better time? Yeah. Uh, Andrew, mm -hmm. it's a fever dream. Night of nights for you. Two Disco Inferno matches. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> uh, up next, Disco indeed gets his cruiserweight title match against Kidman. Uh Another good Disco Inferno match. This might be, this might be uh, because there are two matches, the best night of Disco Inferno's wrestling life uh, as far as quality matches go. Yeah, I mean, Disco had a five and a quarter star night, you know? Yeah, he could, he could have main evented the Tokyo Dome with those Absolutely. numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kidman is just out of the flock, so now he wears a clean wife beater instead of a dirty one 
uh, and he won the cruiserweight title. So things have been looking up for Kidman as of late. You know what? I'm proud of him. Can't be power bombed. <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, Disco learns that in this match. Uh, they have a nice little match here. Uh, I I always liked Kidman. Like he has cool offense. Uh, the he he does a bulldog off of the stairs on the floor to Disco. Disco bumps really good for him. It's uh, again because Disco is a bigger base. Uh, for the cruiserweight guys to work off of. He takes their offense really well. Uh, and he did get a legitimate uh, near fall where people bid on it off of the power driver. You know, he set it up earlier. He beats one guy with it. He hits Kidman with it. Not outside the realm of possibility. You know, he could be the new cruiserweight champion. But Yeah, you texted tonight. me You texted me before I watched this and said that uh, uh, this might be the best night of... of Disco Inferno's life, and I was like, "Are yeah. they gonna make Disco Inferno the cruiserweight <laughs> champion? Yeah, the uh, biggest cruiserweight champion of all time." It is unfortunately not to be. As uh, after the power driver gets kicked out of, Disco makes a classic error, uh, like trying to start a land war in Russia. It tries to power bomb Kidman. Kidman reverses it. Shooting star press. Kidman wins in 10 minutes and 49 seconds. This got two and a quarter stars, but I was thoroughly entertained. All the time that Disco was on uh, my TV, I was entertained by him tonight. I, I just, I, I really wish, you know, Time Machine could send me back in time, let me book uh, Disco Inferno's career. I think it goes a lot differently. Maybe he has some <laughs> different views about the world. Right. I mean, he, meets a, he meets a guy who helps open up his, his thought process. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um. Up next, man, could it get any better for Andrew? It is Scott Steiner and the Giants versus Buff Bagwell and Rick Steiner for the WCW Tag Team titles. Did you think that Buff was going to turn on Rick Steiner in this match? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought, um, and it was an interesting. it was interesting because I was like, okay, so Buff turns on Rick, and then Rick still wins the match i because i knew rick and scott had to wrestle there's no way they're going to tease that and be like well i'm be lost so <laughs> you would think so but they did the very that very thing the previous month at fall brawl <laughs> so <laughs> hell yeah think that they wcw um so yeah uh, rick is really over like the the crowd loves rick steiner as they should they're on buff side here um, the, there's a little bit of the match where Rick, uh, and Scott are in there together after the giant beats up Rick a little bit. Rick makes the tag to buff and he immediately kicks Rick in the nuts. <laughs> and, uh, the immediately he couldn't have turned on <laughs> the gremlin quicker. Yeah. And, uh, the crowd hates it. And the, uh, the commentators are like, oh, again, they got us again. <laughs> and then Buff just kind of runs off because he's like, well, my job's done. Uh, and they have a match for a little while where they just beat up Rick Steiner, Rick Steiner's face in the doo-doo, <laughs> as always. Uh, and then you have the Giant and you have Scott Steiner. And even if wrestling, uh, if wrestling is real, the one thing you don't do is think, what would be the thing that we need the Giant to do? I know, a top rope missile drop kick. Uh, of all the things he can do, that's the one we want. Just lay on him, dog. 
Uh, yeah, he's just choking him for a while, and that yeah. seems to be a really effective way. <laughs> the, the giant really struggles to get on this top rope too. He does not want to get up there. No, uh, his, his I legs mean, he are might, shaking. Might... Have you seen Have you seen Jackass Two, where they have the bungee thing with Preston Lacey and Wee Man, yeah. and Preston Lacey is just shaking, standing on the <laughs> platform? That is the giant getting on the top rope in this. Uh, the giant's head might want to do this, but his body is revolting against the idea. Uh, he can't find a good spot on the top rope. So then it's just Scott holding Rick for a while while the giant tries to perch up there. And, uh, then and of then course they're, they're having a conversation. I think he's going to fall Rick. Yeah, dude, I think he's going to fucking fall. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need to figure out a different finish. Uh, so, uh, of course, Rick moves. The giant wipes out Scott Steiner with the world's biggest missile drop kick. Uh, Rick immediately takes over and uh, hits the top rope bulldog on the giant to win the world tag team titles in eight minutes, 24 seconds. This got two stars and the crowd legitimately is amped for Rick Steiner to win the tag titles. Yeah. Rick Steiner is the tag team champions, which is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that means we get Rick versus Scott. You know what's funny is if Buff, if they did a thing where Buff, like for the next week, was like doing promo saying that he's one half of the tag team champions. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll tell you what they do. Yeah, because like uh, yeah, um, but that would be better if he's like, "Look, you have to team with me. <laughs> yeah. We're the tag team champions." Yeah, or like uh, he's they do like vignettes where he's like going places and trying to get. Uh, good tables at the at the restaurant because he's because he's a tag team champion like he's he's one half but they won't let him in because he turned on rick yeah. everybody <laughs> everywhere loves rick steiner loves listen the... call the commission i was his partner in that <laughs> yeah well it's not the the ink was dried it's it's a binding contract uh so we finally get rick versus scott uh and rick gets scott in the ring after a little bit of fall to roll and Scott hits what had to be in this match like the fourth low blow on Rick Steiner. They're just dude, his nuts. They actually who is who was counting? So I, I think it was like Heenan or it was either Heenan Heenan or um, the uh, Tony Schiavone was like counting like okay, that's two for Rick, that's two from Scott, that's one <laughs> yeah. from Buff. I think yeah, he had like four yeah. nut shots. Well, and they're like, look, we you know we let the the rules go a little bit, but all these blatant low blows. We've got to do something about this. Somebody call Bob Barker because this dog is neutered. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, the then Rick, whenever Rick takes control, a man uh, in a Bill Clinton mask comes out of the crowd and uh, attacks Rick Steiner, and of course, <laughs> it's got to be Buff. It's goddamn Buff. <laughs> so he's certainly. I'm trying to follow his logic, which is I'll turn on Rick, but then I'll run backstage in the event that Rick somehow <laughs> wins his match. I need to be ready dressed as Bill Clinton so that I can come back out to help Scott. Yeah. There's not a lot of good security. You can just call, <laughs> you can just come from the ramp buff. Yeah, and also, who cares? You're but like you didn't need to pretend to be anybody. In <laughs> fact, pretending to be somebody seems like it would make it harder for you to get in the ring. But not listen, a, not here. We, we know Buff likes to pretend to be people. We've seen his Twitter. So that's uh, that's very true. Uh, so then the bell's ringing, but it's no disqualification. So Bagwell and Steiner try to get their win, but Rick kicks out of the Frankensteiner and then reverses the clothesline and hits the bulldog. 
to finally pin Scott, get his measure of revenge. So it's a mess in some in some respects. Uh, but like Rick goes over strong in the end, so maybe maybe a success. Question mark. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. All yeah. uh, Ricky. Ricky won a couple matches. Uh, the crowd uh, went wild. Four minutes forty six seconds. Two stars for Rick versus Scott. Uh, yeah, I mean that's they didn't. They, that's because the other guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rick um, got six stars. <laughs> you got negative two for the giant. Yeah. You got negative one for Scott. Negative one for Buff. Right. You were Evens right out. Two stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a video package, which is actually surprising for WCW, but does a very good job of explaining the Hall versus Nash storyline, uh, which is in some ways very gross. Uh, but uh, Scott turned on Nash at Slambury and cost them the tag team titles. He joined NWO Hollywood because Bischoff was paying him more money and Scott has quote unquote legal troubles because of quote unquote personal problems. Uh, Reed Scott Hall is an alcoholic and we're going to have him come into the ring pretending to drink alcohol and be drunk. Uh, it's not good. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't really like it either. They did the same thing with Hawk. Um, yeah. In WWF. Um, but, yeah, I this is at least WCW's telling a story, and it's not just like, this guy went up against the NWO, and then he thought he was going to win, and everybody jumped in the ring, beat the dog shit out of him, and Nick Patrick yeah. counted it. One, two, three. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was a story that they were telling at least. Well, and Nash does a good job. And so does Hall, like, of sort of selling the emotionality of being betrayed by, like, your mm -hmm. best friend and uh, all of this. And so... Yeah, ha Nash looks, like, genuinely disappointed through a lot of it in terms of, like, uh, he's, he's, he's watching his friend throw his life away, basically. Yeah, and he's like, I, I have no other option <laughs> because it's pro wrestling. To save my friend, I have to beat up my friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so... Uh, Hall in comes front, out in front of 13,000 people at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got to take it to the people. Um, <laughs> so Hall comes out. He's got a drink in his hand uh, and he's sort of stumbling to the ring. And then that Wolfpack theme hits that infamous uh, sort of masterpiece style rap song for Kevin Nash, who is, to his credit, pretty over right now. Yeah, he is, and the the rap song sucks, and I was really bummed out that Sting came out to it later. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't turn your back on the Wolf Pack, dude. Yeah, it's bad, and uh, yeah, Hall's looking drunk, Nash is looking like, man, I'm gonna have to whoop my friend's ass on pay per view at Halloween Havoc 1998. <laughs> uh, uh, I hope this did some pay per view buys, not for me, but so Hall's check is bigger. I don't know. I'm conflicted about the morality of this issue. Uh, I'm worried about his liver, so I'm going to destroy his face. Yeah. So it uh, turns out it was a ruse, and Hall is fine, and he throws his alcoholic drink in Nash's face and then uh, beats him up for a while all around ringside, which is pretty effective. Um, yeah. When I watched this match, uh, Sarah and I were watching it, and she was like, she told me she was pretty invested in, in the story of this match. So, you yeah. know, they succeeded in what they were going for. Um, 
especially considering Nash's sort of limitations as a wrestler. Is there uh, an air raid happening in Fresno right <laughs> look, now? There's an airport. I don't know what to oh, tell yeah, you, does, man. Dusty <laughs> lives right next to an airport. Yeah. I don't live yeah. right next to it. The airport <laughs> airplanes are loud. Don't <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I just wish like it'd be it'd be so you to get like a you did you got a house sight unseen and didn't know that yeah. it's right next to the train tracks or something. Well, one of the houses we were looking at buying was by the train tracks. Yeah, and we were trying to figure out like, okay, when does the train not buy it? It was like the train track was the back of the. Yeah. <laughs> and we we're like, when do the trains run? Is there any way to know when that's happening or? We built a radio uh, station right on the train tracks. That's a, that's a horrible idea when you need oh, good yeah. sound all the time. So I wasn't in the company when that happened, but uh, right. we're working you on that. Throw threw your whole hand up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you sure yeah. this is? Uh, so Nash eventually takes over, and uh, he starts talking to Hall. There's a part where he hits him with a knee in the corner, and he goes, you want a double? And then he hits him with a knee again. That yeah, was kind of corny, but whatever. you know. Yeah. Um, in the end... He hits get it. A, <laughs> he hits a really nasty looking power bomb on Dude, Hall. Dude, he almost breaks his neck. So, just Kevin Nash. I almost said Steve Nash. That would be funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Steve Nash could pick up Scott Hall, but Kevin Nash has kind of always. He doesn't. He doesn't like guide you to the ground when he power bombs you. Right. He throws you from the top, and yeah. he kind of like it got a little wonky and. And Hall landed right on his shoulders. Like I, th- I went <laughs> like when he was on his way down. Like yeah. I thought he's gonna fucking kill him. Good thing uh, is like a drunk driver, you know, drunk receiver of a power bomb, always fine. Yeah, he's loose. He's loose. <laughs> so uh, it's when you tense up that you hurt yourself. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Nash. Like that's always been the reason why his power bomb a looks so good and and b looks really devastating because like Vader like kind of dropped you low like it looked like he was throwing you but he really the impact was sort of low nash is seven feet tall so when he lifts you above his head and then just lets you go that's a pretty far drop yeah he doesn't like like even eddie and benoit and all those guys when they were power bombing each other and making each other murder their family and themselves <laughs> uh they were holding each other to the ground all the way yeah um this one he just fucking lets him go. <laughs> like, yeah. did you notice? By the way, earlier in this match, I don't know if you caught. Did you catch the ref handing Scott Hall a blood capsule? No. So they zoomed in on it. Like, I, so <laughs> Scott Hall right after Kevin Nash makes his comeback, uh, and Scott Hall is like in the corner, like, oh man, I need a drink, whatever. Um, he's got his hand uh, on the ground and the ref, you know how the ref comes and they like squeeze the hand. Like that's the, the thing. Yeah. It looked like he was doing that, but I noticed it looked different this time. Like it, it was weird. Like they, they, the, the, the hand, uh, the way their hands came together was like uh, odd. So that caught my eye. And then in the same shot, you see Scott roll over and he's clearly putting his hand towards his mouth with something in his hand. So I was like, Oh yeah. fuck, we're about to see Scott Hall's mouth bleeding. And he got up and his mouth was bleeding like immediately. Yeah. And so I rewound it and you can, cl- you can't see, you never see the capsule, but, <laughs> right. you, see but you see the, the referee, the referee like runs over to, to Nash and is like, like trying to get him away from Hall for a second. And, uh, because Hall's like on the ropes or something. And you can see the ref's hand is cupped and there's something in the hand. He leans okay. down, he does the handoff in clear sight. Like the camera is like three feet from their hands 
does the handoff, and then Hall rolls over and puts it in his mouth. Like I, it's very, it's not that often I catch stuff like that, but yeah. it's pretty clear. I bet even Hall was like, "God damn it!" There was a close up during that. <laughs> there's a there's a better way to shoot this. Yeah. When I go have a word with Keith Mitchell in the truck. Yeah. After this, uh, so Nash hits the really nasty looking tombstone or uh, power bomb, and then he picks Hall up for a second one and nearly loses him like halfway up. Uh, and they have to like sort of reset, which is impressive that Nash is strong enough to still hold yeah. Hall up. And then they get it, and that one's not as bad. Uh, he lands a lot more flat on that one, yeah. Yeah, and then Nash just kind of like uh, glares at him, and then crotch chops at him, and then leaves. Yeah. So the point is made by the commentary team: like he uh, Hall will have to live with the fact that he knows, like Dana white the kind of guy he is yeah. <laughs> uh he could have been he could have been beat that's his punishment that's his punishment is he knew he knows nash could have beat him but nash chooses not to so technically scott hall wins this match via count out uh 14 minutes 19 seconds so it's got one star from Meltzer, but i thought that like the crowd was engaged and the story was good i thought this was way better than one star i thought this yeah. was like um m- maybe the best match on the show like at least one of them like yeah. they told a story they the 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 match had stakes they um kind of get, momentum went back and forth hall was hitting nash really stiff hall was slapping the shit out of his thigh on every punch um yeah. but nash was bumping like crazy for hall i haven't seen i don't know if i've ever seen kevin nash bump like that um and then hall bumped like crazy for nash and uh I liked that Nash didn't pin Hall. It shows that it wasn't about the wrestling. Like right. we made all these jokes, like uh, aptly because they were funny. That you know, I, because I have to beat you in front of thirteen thousand people at MGM because this is wrestling, and it's like. But the story at the end is that the ma- the wrestling didn't matter. It doesn't matter that I beat you in a wrestling match. It matters that I beat the shit out of you because you're fucking up and being a terrible friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I thought this was th- three, three and a half stars, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, the work is really good. Like, you know, it's not a bunch of moves and stuff, but I thought they told a really good story. It was engaging, like I said, to Sarah, who doesn't care about wrestling, you know, and certainly didn't wasn't invested in 1998 WCW, you know, yeah. and she <laughs> ended up getting invested in this match. So uh, I thought that was good. Well, it's not good. So more Nitro Girls, but with wigs. With wigs, fuck <laughs> This yeah. time they got wigs. Uh, and uh, real, real quick to circle back, oh, one, well. one more thing. I think Meltzer might have, like, just because the storyline was disgusting, um, docked it a couple points, which I'm not I'm not angry at him for. Yeah, there's a lot of things to be angry at Dave Meltzer for, but that, that would be a reasonable explanation for why that only got one star. But, yeah. um, it got, I mean, Alex Wright versus Finn Finlay was... Uh, one and a quarter stars. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the scale? You yeah. Know? Um, there's a make them say uh sign, which I enjoyed. <laughs> the uh, Master P fans in the crowd. Did you see the the Eric Bischoff sign that they I made in a on? note about it, <laughs> okay. which uh, we'll okay. get to. Uh, now a match that last week you said you were excited about, Andrew. Next up for the United States title, Brett the Hitman Hart, known NWO associate. Yeah. Versus. NWO Wolfpack Sting. Boy, did boy did this deliver. Um, <laughs> this might be the worst Bret Hart match. <laughs> it's the it's and it's crazy that it's with Sting. Yeah, it's Sting, just not very good. Sting comes out. 
Sting comes out looking more Steve than he's ever looked in his life. <laughs> uh-huh. he, he's got the face makeup. <laughs> you can't do face makeup uh, goatee combo. No, that goatee's insane. Dude. It looks fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> Well, you can't do red face paint because I think now he has a goatee with the white and black uh, face paint, which that's is fine. better. It's just, and we've talked about this a million times, bro. The fact that this became the gimmick that stuck for Sting after we had the most, like, what is it, white meat baby face over, everybody loves him, inspirational Sting. Yeah. Most of his career has been this horseshit, the crow thing yeah. that everybody loves for some reason that was only good for three months in 1997 and fumbled bag. Well, probably longer than three months, but you know what I mean? Sure. The bag fumbled harder than any bag (laughs) has ever been fumbled. And then he just rode that into the, into into the, into the sunset. Well, I'll tell you what it is. I think, uh, it's easy to do the black and white makeup, (laughs) uh, surfer sting coming up with all sorts of different designs and colors. (laughs) And he's got to match his gear to the face paint. (laughs) This is a economical sting. Uh, and now we're in like wearing Jinko jeans to the ring sting. Dude, I hate it so much. They were, they were copying like hip hop culture bad. And it's like, Kevin Nash looks cool in like a FUBU shirt. Uh, but he was wearing the Kangle hat for a while, and it's yeah. like Conan. I could see it. Buff uh, Bagwell pull, pulls. Uh, go, Buff Bagwell pulls off the hat. Yeah, <laughs> take off uh, the hat. <laughs> take off the hat. Uh, but Lex Luger wrestling <laughs> in Jinkos and wearing a for us bias uh, like button up is ridiculous. Sting joining the NWO, any version of the NWO. Uh, a month before he joined the NWO, Kevin Nash cost him the world title <laughs> against the Macho Man. What reason do you have? To, uh, and then he's going to join a, a faction with Kevin Nash and the Macho Man. <laughs> That's uh, it's just, they shit. They shit all over that that storyline. The Sting, the Sting storyline against the NWO was the only good thing about the NWO. And they NWO'd the shit out of it. (laughs) They they really did. It's like, uh, you know, no amount of, uh, like, what amount of poop can go into water before it's gross water? (laughs) Like, what about, you know? I was thinking the same thing with that (laughs) that old Joe Rogan bit where he's like, if you gave me a sandwich that was 20% shit (laughs) and 80% ham, you can't convince me that's not a shit sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, it doesn't matter. That's all poo water now, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so uh, this is the poo match, but Sting is tan. I will say that's a good sign for those for the Stinger. He came around, bro. Yeah, um, they, they wore him down. <laughs> Bret Hart's sort of. It's interesting. He's doing like sort of Memphis style heel work where yeah. like he just keeps getting in the ring and then he just jumps out and he like, told the fan "fuck you" on the way to the ring. Yeah, um very unbred heart of him. He's like he's just lost. They they've done nothing with Bret Hart. They haven't done any of the marquee matches. He's not wrestled Hogan. He's on Hogan's side somehow. Uh it's like they fumbled to a secondary fumbling of the Bret Hart bag. Yeah. Big fumble. You were given so, one of the goats, one of the top in my opinion, top 4 or 5 ever. Well, and WWF 
capitalized so well off of the Montreal screw job and made Mr. McMahon and WCW didn't do shit with it. They had the best. They, they had the hottest. The, they ba- got the guy everybody liked from it. <laughs> yeah, they had the hottest babyface in the world who got screwed over by the other company and they did nothing with him. And their whole shit was about taking people from the other company. Like it's just like. So and this is that's why Bret Hart's doing just Memphis style. He's doing like classic heel stuff because it's like they didn't write it. He, there's no story. He's not being Bret Hart. He has no identity right now. And they're like, hey, you're the bad guy here. So he's like, all right, I know heels do this and heels do yeah. this and heels do yeah. this. <laughs> and he's trying, but it's just like it's just it, when you surround it with all this stuff and then Sting has been infected by all this bullshit. And he's not staying anymore. And yeah. like, you, you, this is what you, yeah, he's caca. Yeah. He's not caca, you know? And yeah. you just get this bullshit. Like, why does a baby face bring a baseball bat to the ring? Well, why does he do it now? It used to be whenever there were like 20 dudes. Well, to in protect the himself. Yeah. 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 But now he's got like a whole crew. He's got, he's got Nash and uh, Luger and all those guys with him. Uh, yeah. The, the best part of this match is. Uh, they bump the referee, Sting accidentally knocks out the ref, and then Bret Hart leg drops the ref. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that was good. And the referee's just laying in, like, in the way, you know, as opposed to normally, like, when there's a ref bump, the ref will roll to the apron to stay out of the way. Uh, they keep wrestling around poor Mickey J, and they do a superplex off the top rope where they straight up land on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, they's uh, right on his legs. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't know what's happening because he's face down <laughs> when they do the spot. So, uh, <laughs> uh, that, well, that, I I got to give it to WCW. We, I'm going to shit on him all the time, but I like that a ref doesn't get out of the way if he's too hurt to stand up. <laughs> Right. Or even look at all. Yeah, he's too hurt to move out of the way. You know what I mean. Right. But he also gets superplexed on his legs. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> now he needs braces on his legs. Yeah, what's he gonna do about his legs? Uh, <laughs> so the end of this match, uh, Sting goes for the Stinger Splash, but accidentally knocks himself out as Sting is wont to do on occasion. Is that that's, he, just, that's just the thing that happens? Everyone? He jumps too high on the Stinger Splash? And <laughs> yeah, he's got <laughs> too much caca and he's right into the <laughs> ring post. Uh, and then Bret Hart uses a oh, Sting Splash. Oh, man, bat. I've done it again. <laughs> nice oh, Stinger Splash, Steve. <laughs> I, said, I said never again. Um, uh, Bret Hart hits some shitty looking bat shots on they Sting. Were, they were really bad. So Sting, <laughs> Sting tries to do the Stinger splash, splash, which is the opponent is in the corner and Sting runs and then jumps and like hits like hits his chest on the guy's face. But Sting has too much fucking uh, giddy, giddy up in his step and <laughs> yeah. over jumps it and hits his face on the fucking outside of the ring. And then uh, just for people who haven't seen it, and then uh, Bret Hart gets the bat. Uh, and Sting is like, he's hung over the rope like wet fucking laundry. <laughs> and he looks so stupid in his jeans and his fucking... <laughs> he's just so... Yeah, he's just humiliated because he did it to himself. It's a rough look for an icon, you know? Uh, and so Brett hits him with the bat and then uh, wakes the ref up and puts the sharpshooter on unconscious Sting to pick up the win 
uh, in And the referee's not like, how did this shit knock him out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is Sting unconscious? This is supposed uh, to hurt his legs. Yeah. Uh, so Bret Hart beats Sting, 15 minutes, 4 seconds. This got a star and a half. Um, and then they do a whole injury angle with Sting. They take like five minutes and they bring out the backboard and they put on the cervical collar and they put him in the back and then the camera follows him all the way to the back yeah. to the ambulance just to make sure you know uh, from from Bruder from Bruder to the tutor how he got there. You it know? took too damn long. <laughs> It's like they leave nothing. They're like, we don't want to leave anything to the imagination. We wanted to definitely know Sting got in an ambulance. It's because they didn't uh, write a story. It's like yeah. we didn't write anything, so we're just going to pretend Sting's real fucked up. And it's <laughs> yeah. so funny that it starts well, with him just over jumping and hitting his face. Well, and so Sting uh, takes a hiatus and. Uh, because probably he's like, I got to get out of this fucking NWO yeah, stuff. I got to take a break. I, got, I can't uh, wear these jeans anymore. <laughs> right. And then he comes back as classic Sting. Uh, or, you know, uh, Crow Sting. Crow Sting. In 1999. And, or not, so. original, not original lineup Sting. <laughs> no. <laughs> classic Sting. Classic Sting. <laughs> uh, now, the co-main event, Andrew. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, in May of 1998... WCW signed the Warrior to at quote great expense <laughs> to WCW. He doesn't debut until August, so I don't know what is going on. When did the, they sign him? Sorry, May okay. of '98. So, uh, and they've been trying to get him for a while. They had already they had, signed Rodman. That's what it was. They had Rodman for two or three more <laughs> fucking matches. Yeah, they were like, we already got July set. We yeah. don't need the Warrior for July. Um. They had been trying to get him for a while, or there had been sort of a back and forth. Like the classic Ultimate Warrior run ends in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety one at SummerSlam, the one we watched where Ma- where Macho Man gets married. That's the end of the classic oh, God. Warrior run. <laughs> oh, man, um, he comes back. I'm still sick of Macho Man storylines. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back briefly in nineteen ninety two. Uh, for a few months, and then they start instituting steroid testing in WWF, and that's a whoa uh, for the Warrior. So, hi, uh, hi, uh, Jim. Yeah, um, oh, sorry, Warrior. Uh, we're gonna start testing for steroid. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, he's he's not the Warrior yet. He's still Jim at that point. Um, he wants to take it on the road, and WWE sues him. Uh, so he, to get around being sued for the copyright, changes his own ass name <laughs> to Warrior Warrior. Because he thinks that'll fix <laughs> this it. This is some Prince shit, dude. Yeah. So then... It doesn't fix uh, it. Does it fix it? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Because I've heard of, uh, like, recently, like, some, like, indie wrestler girl couldn't wrestle as her own goddamn name because she wrestled in the developmental uh wwe stuff sign that sign those rights over man Um, that's crazy (laughs) so uh in 95 the wcw brings in a wrestler named the renegade which is the ultimate warrior light it's diet warrior uh, he, he has face paint, he wears a singlet, he uh, shakes the ropes to get power. It's their attempt to copy the Ultimate Warrior because they can't get Ultimate Warrior to sign. So 
96, Ultimate Warrior comes back very briefly for WWF, probably because he wants to start the Warrior University, uh, which is some horseshit thing that he was doing at the time and probably wanted to use the copyright. Uh, that lasts like two months. What is, is it like a school? Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, uh, and he had a comic book and part of his thing was he wanted WWF to buy like a hundred thousand copies of this comic book or whatever to give out. And they're like, nah, we don't, I don't think we're going to do that. (laughs) Um, so he comes back and Russell, he wrote the comic book and it's just just unintelligible. (laughs) Uh, he comes back. In March of 1996 to WWF, by July 96, he's gone because he, he uh, no-showed a bunch of house shows. And they were and he said that it was, his father was sick or his father had passed away. WWF doesn't believe him, so they, they offer to keep him, but he has to put up a retainment bond. Like, if you don't show up to the shows we advertise you to, then like we can find you based on this uh, based on this contract. He doesn't want to do that, so he just bails. Uh, so from July '96 to when he arrives in WCW, nobody's seen the Ultimate Warrior. So that's the whole the kit and caboodle up until now. Was, uh, Warrior University was a wrestling school, which is fucking hilarious. The blind leading the blind. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, the premise of Warrior University was to send a fee of $9.95 to a P.O. box in Scottsdale, Arizona. You would be sent a pamphlet explaining what Warrior University was, and then, if lucky, get chosen to enroll in the school for roughly $5,000. The Warrior promised to meet each and every student to train and learn. Nobody notable ever graduated from his school. Uh... I wonder if I wonder if I could, dude. We need to make a Warrior University fucking documentary. <laughs> yeah, the I'm, you send I'm me nine ninety five. I then yeah. reach out to you to let you know if you could buy a trip to Scottsdale for five grand to meet yeah. me and learn my rest from my wrestling school. The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that's fair. That's a pretty good gimmick man send one send one dollar to happy dude <laughs> yeah exactly 742 evergreen terrace yeah. uh I'm, send one dollar to sorry dude <laughs> some guy so i haven't seen the i haven't seen there's apparently there's a, there's a there's a promo video somewhere for warrior university and one of the comments for this for this uh web page that's talking about warrior university this guy says his advertisement sucks how can a guy in a wheelchair become a wrestler <laughs> no he said how can a guy in a wheelchair can become a wrestler <laughs> yeah it's important questions. Uh, for reference, average training camps at the time, even ones that f- that uh, had future WWF and WCW stars, uh, cost around fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. But do any of those guys get to meet the Ultimate Warrior? That's fucking funny, man. <laughs> so uh, Warrior debuts on the August seventeenth. Uh, edition of Nitro and cuts a long ass promo uh, that we watched today where he's got a few good lines, got a few good zingers. Um, and, uh, but in between all of that, he's just <laughs> talking in his ultimate warrior way uh, about Hogan. At one point he says he doesn't even care if he wrestles Hogan or beats him. Cause everybody's already beat him. Well, what the fuck are you doing then? 
Why are you here <laughs> if not to wrestle Hulk Hogan? I'm out of money. <laughs> Warrior University is under intense scrutiny from <laughs> the SEC. Uh, <clears throat> Warrior University eventually turned into the Trump Foundation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Ultimate Warrior st- forms the One Warrior Nation. Now, Hulk Hogan has the NWO. You want to do a quick survey on the initials of the One Warrior Nation? Oh, <laughs> and that's what NWO backwards, baby. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, the one warrior nation only has one member aside from the warrior, which is the disciple uh, who he turns against Hulk Hogan through the use of magic. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, um, the disciple is who? That's uh, one Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, man, it is. And Dusty <laughs> told me that was Brutus Beefcake, and I could not believe it. Yep. That's Ed Leslie, one Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Um, the mo- one, I mean, aside from this match, I guess, the most infamous thing that happened during the Warriors' stint in WCW is the trapdoor that he used to enter and exit via magic. Uh, they, did, they didn't tell any of the wrestlers that the trapdoor was there so davy boy smith got power slammed on the ramp where the trapdoor was and the uh the doorknob landed right in the middle of his back and like fucked him up real bad there's a, there's a doorknob well yeah because you had to open the trapdoor this trapdoor so it was on the ra- i thought it was, it was on, on the, the ring <laughs> In the ring. No, it was on the... Well, for the fall brawl that he came out, it was on the ramp. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, God did, <laughs> damn it! It was like the like the monitor. Uh, one of the first matches. Oh, that, yeah. One of the first time Dusty and I watched wrestling, uh, Randy Orton got slammed onto the, Mexi- the, the uh, Spanish announce table, and he yeah. landed right on one of those. It was back when they had these big-ass square monitors on the thing. And yep. it fucked him up good. I think it actually <laughs> genuinely injured him. Like, I think it, he was out for a little bit after that or something. Well, remember he sliced his back. <laughs> yeah. And he was, like, like writhing around on the ground, yeah. you know? Like, when so, you get hit in the middle of the back. Yeah. Forever, whenever anybody got hurt, Dusty, I would be like, oh, the fucking monitor. <laughs> oh, it was the monitor, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so David Boy Smith ends up getting a staph infection. It gets un- it goes untreated, and he is nearly paralyzed and dies from <laughs> this trapdoor incident. Um, That's and, crazy. Uh, now we get to talk about this wrestling match. Um, they don't do a build up uh, or a package for this match, which is insane considering it's the co-main event. Oh, we didn't uh, mention the story about that first promo apparently is that it went 27 minutes long. Uh, we watched 13 minutes. Yeah, the the YouTube clip is like 13, 14 minutes, which is still way too long. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how they got to 27 minutes. I think that's Bischoff talking about it. But in any case, it was too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was too long. Because yeah, <laughs> the crowd is amped. Legitimately, we do have to give credit. <laughs> the crowd is amped when they see the Warrior. Uh, yeah. And they're like cheering for most of his big lines at first. And then towards the end, they're like, okay, here we go. Move it on. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
they they don't show a package for this match, but they do show a package of Hulk Hogan hitting Horace in the head with a chair. So priorities in the right place for WCW. Yeah, they're just like trying to sell Hogan as a bad guy, so they just keep showing. Uh, Look at this bad thing he did, and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan keeps going. He hit his dead brother's son with a chair. He just yeah. kept saying "dead brother's son." <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So does Hogan uh, have? A, did Hogan actually have a dead brother at this time? I presume. I don't know. Is Horace That's, Hogan really his nephew? I believe so. Yes. Oh. Uh, I so assumed, I assumed that was bullshit. <laughs> On the way to the ring, uh, first they announced the warrior is from the One Warrior Nation. Uh, he has no home. He just wanders the landscape. Uh, there's a sign in the crowd, Andrew, that reads, Eric Bischoff is A, the R word that you can't say. Yeah, R worded. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this guy spells it out. So yeah, yeah. Uh, B, broke. <laughs> C, a gimp. <laughs> or D, all of the above. And they didn't just flash the camera on this. They put it on there. They <laughs> zoomed in. They zoomed a little bit out. They kept it on screen for, what do you yeah. think, like 12, 13 seconds? Yeah, it was a big... <laughs> enough to where I could write the whole thing down <laughs> while it was still on the camera, while I the just, camera's still shooting it. I just it. started laughing. <laughs> like, I can't like, believe... <laughs> but uh, Eric Bischoff is such an egomaniac. I was like, I wonder which one of these he's the most upset about. <laughs> you could call me an R word, but I'm not broke. <laughs> All right, I'm very rich. <laughs> I'm very rarely a gimp. <laughs> and my legs work fine, unless you're talking about the gimp in a sexual sense, in which case that's my personal business. Yeah. Uh, so to use the Jim Cornette line, the only thing you're accusing me of is having an interesting sex sex life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if I like leather? It's up to me. Um, the punching in this match is an insult to punching. <laughs> Uh, and to and the wrestling in this match is an insult to wrestling. This match sucks. Yes, <laughs> it's uh because the original Hogan versus Warrior match from WrestleMania six is very good. It's maybe Hulk Hogan's best match. Uh, but they had wrestling genius Pat Patterson to put their match together. <laughs> this has the Warrior uh washed up late in the game and Hulk Hogan to put their match together. Yeah, and it's got their stink all over it. Like, this is the match. This is a this is a classic match because this is the second time that the worst best wrestlers of all time were matched up against each other. Like, these are yeah. two of the most over guys in the history of wrestling. Yeah, and they're also absolute horseshit professional professional wrestlers in the ring. Yeah, well, and heel Hogan is is way worse because he knows all the lazy shortcuts yeah and that's what he uses in the in all of his heel matches um and so <laughs> he had a really funny yeah he, he had a pretty funny line at the beginning of this when uh uh so warrior comes in and he's and when during his entrance did, didn't shake the ropes by the way but then he no. um he's going to each corner and like getting up on the ropes and when he gets up on the third rope, it cut, it leans it uh, it zooms into Hogan, and Hogan goes, "I don't have to take this." <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny uh, line. Uh, so of course, like, there's a rough bump, 
And then the giant comes out, and uh, Stevie Ray, NWO jobber Stevie Ray comes out, yeah. and they both get beat uh, by the warrior. Then the ref wakes up from his ref bump, and they just have more of the match. So it's, like, it's a completely useless ref bump. Uh, they whip each other with Hulk Hogan's belt, uh, so it becomes sort of a gimp psychosexual thing happening in, happening yeah. in this match. Um Bischoff's Andrew, like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you notice, Andrew, that at one point in this match, it appears that Hulk Hogan is trying to light a fireball? <laughs> a goddamn fireball. I, I, I was writing something on my phone, so I missed, but I heard them go, Hogan's got a lighter. He's trying to light something. <laughs> and they're shooting it. They're, like, shooting it hard, like... Here he's got flash paper, like a fireball. The mystery is how did he throw fire? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, get in there, <laughs> get in there real deep. Uh, Hogan says that the flash paper got too wet in his trunks, and that's what made it an ineffective uh, fireball. And Hogan essentially threw a fireball at his own face <laughs> and burned his eyebrows off um, <laughs> in this match, and that was supposed to lead. To the finish. And, uh, uh, I mean, (laughs) couldn't do anything with it. So that's, that's, listen, that's a metaphor for this match. Trying to start a fire. Couldn't get that shit lit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Horace Hogan comes out after the warrior powers up and they're like, what's Horace going to do? And he very gently hits the ultimate warrior with a chair. Yeah. It goes, it goes, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and then Hogan pins him. That's enough to beat the ultimate warrior. It's the back the, of the head, man. That'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, in what is what even is this match? 14, 14 minutes, minutes and 20, 20 seconds. Yeah. Negative five stars. Negative five stars. <laughs> it is the lowest rated WCW match of all time. Um, the, Wade Keller from the Wrestling Torch gave it a dud. Uh, it said there was poor, ring in, poor in-ring action a lack of crowd response, and that quote, Warrior and Hogan don't have it anymore. <laughs> so, and Hogan hadn't had it for at least, <laughs> what? Like, well, since he got to, since since I watched, since he, since he went to the NWO, he, he didn't have it at all the whole time in the NWO. How long had he not had it before that? Because, I mean, he's been ass for <laughs> decades. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you mean by had it. Because it's like uh, Hogan's matches were never technically great, but he was over like gangbusters. So like his matches worked because the people cared about the reaction to the. Yeah, matches. it's like what's what's the goal? Like like I I don't like uh, I, I'm trying to think of a band I don't like that's super over. Uh, and everybody says Nickelback. You know what I mean? A lot of people right. don't like Coldplay. You know I like Coldplay a lot, but sure. Coldplay super over. Right. They're selling the records. They got hits. Did, did you see what they're doing live now? Real uh, quick. Is it just fan? I know they were doing like fan requested. No, they uh, have. Uh, well, they might be doing that, but they have. Uh, they, I, I, I think they do it at all their shows because I've seen two videos of it. Each fan gets a wristband, like a like a bracelet uh-huh. that is lit up like in different colors, and the bracelets are programmed to like light up different colors throughout the show. It looks fucking rad. 
That's like cool. yeah. like it they pulse during the songs or like they all turn blue at one time and then they like right. it's freaking cool man it's it's a it's a brilliant idea anyway yeah um segue the standard Better times this match yeah the standard times called this the worst match of the decade <laughs> so uh <laughs> Dean Okerlund famed WCW announcer called the contest quote a disaster <laughs> so Andrew Idell uh, of Snark Marks called it ass <laughs> straight ass there uh, uh the, the, i will to, to their credit i i'm sure i've seen worse matches than this we've seen a lot of just really bad matches i don't know man <laughs> listen we've seen some fucking really really bad matches well even on this show wrath versus ming that match that match <laughs> stinks, <was> ass <laughs> but those guys didn't uh uh, take the pro wrestling sport and just completely uh, like put it through, like make it see through. You know, well, like everything yeah. about this match looks like the phoniest shit you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, and you know, place on the card matters. Anything that we've seen that is worse than this is not the main or co-main event. That's right, the right. thing. I guarantee we've seen five to ten matches worse than this but they were in the first three matches of a card or something yeah they're like all mongo mcmichael matches yeah it's all shit like that like or, or yeah. some weird like uh some some fucking old referee comes back and fights somebody or something like <laughs> sure. that. you know what i mean yeah. uh uh or, or it's something like that so like we've seen some shit but yeah. in terms of main or co-main event this no. <laughs> was officially ass yeah i look like at least Hogan versus Piper in the cage from the previous Halloween Havoc had that Macho Man Randy Savage bump, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, there was no Savage here to save this no. it, from anything. No, like, it was just Horace. <laughs> yeah, they've made, yeah, they've traded Macho, Macho great Man. Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage for Horace. For fucking Horace. <laughs> this is um, worse than a chronic match. Yeah, it's well, yeah, like you said, like place on the spot on the card matters, and like poor pro wrestling is different than like this is see through. <laughs> like, there's there's no intensity, there's not even <laughs> the vaguest threat of violence being perpetrated by either of these dudes. There's one, I counted one wrestling move in this match Hulk Hogan back suplexes the Ultimate Warrior after much. Uh, haranguing and posturing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, as we talked about, signed to great expense in May. Um, do you want to guess the amount of matches, including Halloween Havoc, the Ultimate Warrior had while in WCW? Three. Three is right on the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wrestled at Fall Brawl, <laughs> where he chased Hulk Hogan away during the uh, War Games match. He had a, a disqualification tag team match, him and Sting versus Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart, and this Halloween Havoc match. How is that him and Sting versus Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart match? About six minutes ended in disqualification. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. I bet it stinks. <laughs> And, and you tell somebody in 1990, well, was was Sting around 1993? Yeah, yeah. Tell somebody in 1993 that a Hulk Hogan and Sting and Bret Hart and the Ultimate Warrior are going to be in a match together. Yeah. Do you know? You told Jacob that. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's, by uh, the way, it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it's literally the worst thing that you've ever it seen. It is ass. <laughs> um, the prevailing thought, wrap your mind around this, is that they hired Warrior so that Hogan could get his win back from WrestleMania 6. <laughs> <laughs> and of course. Everybody says, of course. no, that's not what happened. That would be preposterous. We would pay this guy all this money so Hogan could get his win back. Of course you didn't. They <laughs> went ahead and did it, didn't they, you? They, they 100% did that. Like yeah. the, uh, uh, was it, was it Kevin Nash or was it, uh, or was it Cornette that had the, uh, the thing where they went, I think it was Kevin Nash where they, on their podcast, there's a clip where they went through everything they were paying Hogan during the WCW. Oh, that's Nash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was yeah. insane. It was what an astronomical paying. amount of money. Yeah. And that's that's why he's in the main events instead of Goldberg. Didn't he get like 100% him. of his merch or some shit? <laughs> he got some ridiculous amount of his merch. He got like uh, either... It was like $325,000 or 10% of the gross pay-per-view revenue whichever was higher <laughs> yeah. uh for every pay-per-view not even the ones he was like the ones he wasn't even on yeah <laughs> so he, he took them to, to the cleaners <laughs> yeah Brother. The hulk, hogan, hulk hogan's lawyer <laughs> deserves the wcw title yeah whoever whoever made that deal for him um the warrior is quoted as saying they used it was Vince. <laughs> yeah. He just they wanted used, to fuck WCW. <laughs> they used Ted Turner's checkbook to buy me to come back to lose a match to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it was repulsive to me when I finally realized it. And if I would have known, I would have never went back for all the money that they gave me. Uh, so I think he also suffered an injury. I think he hurt his tricep or something, and they just never brought him back. So uh, he appeared on the Nitro after this. And cut a promo, and then I don't think he's ever been back since then. So, uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you want to use me anymore, Bischoff? That match was ass. <laughs> was straight. Yeah, he's not really making a, uh, like a very good case for himself in spite of the fact that they used it to get Hogan his win back. I wonder you know? how much money they gave him. Uh, it was, I don't know. It was a lot. Probably a lot. It was yeah. a lot. I bet. How many? Do you know that? Do you know the buy rate of this? Uh, yes, I got okay. all that stuff. So, um, main event time. The lesser buffer is here to mm -hmm. lead us into the main event. Did you hear that the commission mm -hmm. that uh that allowed this match to happen included Lorenzo Fertitta? Yeah, I forgot he was a commissioner, and also it included uh, Andy Foster, I believe, who now runs the California Commission. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh. They changed DDP's music, which I know I brought up before, but every yeah. time it bums me out. Yeah. Um, he is super over. And he comes running through the crowd. He's got that classic Diamond Dallas Page energy that we love. Mm -hmm. uh, he looks awesome. The best thing about today, remember at Down on His Luck DDP? The first yeah. DDP we saw? <laughs> yeah, the D from there to now, uh, Rags to Riches story. I know. You know? Whatever he's smoking, the have the sm the already smoked cigar. <laughs> yeah, and he's like putting yeah. it, he puts it on the apron as he, I mean, on the ring post as he's wrestling. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, Goldberg's been a phenomenon. But oh, since by the way, sorry. Oh, do you remember yeah. the giant was smoking a cigarette when they came out to in this mat and in, in the um in the the tag match? Yeah, that was part of his gimmick when he was a heel. He was smoking, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> well, because smoking's supposed to stunt your growth, you see. Oh, uh, okay. He, yeah. he overcame it. Yeah. 
big guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big um, fucker. Classic big fucker situation. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Goldberg, as we uh, talked about in the intro, is super over. He's like 158 and no. Uh, he has not been booked well since he's been the WCW champion, but uh, this is like a big test for him, and this is a babyface versus babyface match. Now, if you wanted to recreate what the fans uh, who ordered this pay-per-view saw, Andrew, as soon as DDP and Goldberg locked up, you should have turned your TV off. Yeah. Because the feed was lost. (laughs) (laughs) The WCW fucked around, and in classic form, they found out. Uh, (laughs) Because they had a three-hour pay-per-view window, and they thought, we got to put Ming versus Wrath on this thing. Uh, we got to have Nitro Girls dancing. They're, they went three hours and 30 minutes, and the cable company doesn't fuck around. <laughs> so uh, the, the feed was cut. They, we got to get Girls Gone Wild on. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, uh, it's laid time for Lady Chatterley. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I thought this was a pretty decent match. Uh, Goldberg showed some range. He tries for like a bunch of uh, interesting submissions. Like he tries to, he goes for a couple of arm bars. He tries a knee bar at one point. I didn't uh, know that Goldberg was training MMA so hard in the early 90s. He was yeah, saying like he, Mark Coleman and shit. Yeah, if if there were money in MMA, I think he would have went into MMA. Instead. That would have been sick. Yeah. That would have been sick. He uh, was a crazy athlete. Like, he is. But, yeah. Yeah, and like that was cool for wrestling because he was sort of bringing like some judo and some jujitsu sort of entrances yeah. for his, his submissions. Um, DDP is just crazy over, so everything he does, the crowd is into. Uh, there's a sweet reversal from the jackhammer into the diamond cutter, which is the one kind of false finish of this match. Yeah, it was a really good one. It was a really good diamond cutter. Yeah. Crowd was going crazy because like. Since Goldberg was so over, people also liked DDP. Like, people didn't boo DDP in this match at all, but the, just Goldberg was crazy over. So the crowd actually believed that Goldberg could lose right there. Yeah, and uh, they would have been, I don't know that they would have been fine with it, but, like, DDP was a good opponent to have um, because DDP also liked to lay out his matches from start to finish. So it's easier to lead a guy through that if he's inexperienced so this is like the best goldberg match uh that he's had so far uh after the after that diamond cutter goldberg just kind of hits a jackhammer to very little uh like circumstance and gets the win uh he just like uh ddp goes for a suplex goldberg reverses it hits the jackhammer that's the end of the match it looked like because before the jackhammer uh goldberg hit like an arm drag like a throw and it looked like goldberg hit his face clean on the mat like it looked like he <laughs> oh, fucked himself yeah. up bad and then he hit a spear at one at one point as well and it looked like he hit his face on the mat too i didn't yeah. know that goldberg is credited with um inventing the spear yeah he's kind of the dude that popularized that as a wrestling like the way that he did it because he was a football player so like it's sort of it's a football tackle you know i wonder how much whip. it sucks to take a spear Bet it doesn't feel great. It probably doesn't yeah. feel great, but it. it I, I I bet if 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 you're like a big guy with muscle around your diaphragm, like it would yeah. murder me. Like you'd sure. go straight through me. Like I got hit with a tank shell, but um, like I bet it's all right. Ask Brett the Hitman Hart about it. <laughs> Did he get fucked up with a spear though? No, just you know Goldberg hits hard, so yeah. I imagine that his he wasn't taking it easy on the spear, you know. 
Uh, and yeah, Goldberg, he really the cool thing about Goldberg's spear is he sprints at you before he hits it. Yeah, and he it looks, looks great. Yeah. So it's like, you know, do you sacrifice it looking great to help protect the guy a little bit, or you just kind of go like, well, this is kind of how it is. You'll be all right. So, yeah. Uh, Goldberg wins. 10 minutes, 28 seconds. This got three and a quarter stars. Um, and then they do the baby face, baby face thing. Um, Goldberg goes up and shakes DDP's hand. DDP holds Goldberg's hand up. Crowd's happy. Yep. yep. Uh, do you want to know who Goldberg wrestled at the next pay-per-view? World War Three. Let me think. Am I going to guess if I like? No. Alex Wright. Nobody wasn't on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wasn't booked in a match. Wait, World Heavyweight hold on, Champion. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I could have <laughs> swore. Where is it? I could have swore he was on the poster. Yeah, not on the show. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. Because it's yeah, he's I, he's in the middle of the poster. I think he might come out and beat up Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho was kind of running an angle on his own against Goldberg and Goldberg got mad at him for it. And then they let him, uh, just kind of beat Chris Jericho up for no reason. That's uh, whenever they had like a main event match, they could have had. And then in December, Kevin Nash beats Goldberg ends the streak becomes WCW champion. It says, uh, Goldberg had a really good match with, da- with diamond Dallas page, a Halloween havoc. And on this show, he was involved in a forgettable segment between the side, the Steiner brothers. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so yeah. Starcade so, is when Kevin Nash beats him. Yep. And that's the balloon, uh, deflates after that. And he got, um, I didn't know this cause I've never seen this match. He got tased by Scott Hall. Quote-unquote tased. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Hall and Nash get back together, and then that's when they do. They want to do the rematch. The same night that Mankind beats The Rock for the world title, they 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 promote the rematch between Goldberg and Nash, and then they arrest Goldberg for harassing Miss Elizabeth, and Hogan steps in, and they do the finger poke of doom finish <laughs> and Nash lays down for Hogan and they reform the NWO. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, real, you know? real quick for the uninitiated, tell yeah. everybody what the finger poke of doom is. Finger poke of doom is, uh, they spend the whole night, uh, promoting Nash versus Hogan as a main event match. <laughs> and then they start the match. Nash gets up in Hogan's face. Hogan pokes Nash in the chest Nash takes an over-exaggerated bump. Uh, Hogan pins him and wins the world title. <laughs> the world title that Nash had fought very hard to win, uh, defeating Goldberg the previous, like like two weeks before that. So they had a guy who had a 173-0 record yep. get beat yep. by a guy who was already over and had been there for a long time. You yep. give that... You give that to an established guy and then he gives his belt back to Hulk Hogan yep. with no fight at all. Yep. Uh, the idea in, and they reformed the NWO. No more red and black versus black and white. It's all one NWO again. Uh, less than a year after they split, they split them up. When does, when does uh, Bret Hart join the NWO? Uh, the Hart is in this iteration of the NWO. Okay, because because he had our because he was with he Hogan, was, yeah, 
So it was okay. already it. So God damn it. Um, the the idea in theory was supposed to be that now Hogan's got the belt again, and now Goldberg has to run through this new NWO to get back to Hogan. Um, but that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> uh, because by the next like, uh, by the next year. Goldberg's in a bunch of nothing feuds. He never wrestles Hogan again. <laughs> oh no, uh, I promise I'll wrestle him, brother. <laughs> yeah. And uh Hogan I always gets... I always end up doing the job. <laughs> yeah. Uh and <laughs> then Hogan or then Goldberg uh hurts his arm after he gets screwed over by a new version of the NWO. It's a whole <laughs> <laughs> Look, you could just go. You could just go forever. It is very NWO, WCW, but, for sure. Um, this, this thing, um, they had to refund a bunch of people's money because they didn't get to see the main event. Um, so I don't know how successful this show was in spite of its pretty good buy rate. Um, there's a journalist who was quoted as saying, it's hard to believe that thousands of pay-per-view customers missed the main event of Halloween Havoc because WCW ran out of broadcast time. By some cruel twist of fate, fans did get to watch the disastrous WrestleMania six rematch <laughs> between the Ultimate Warrior and Hollywood Hogan, only to see their screens go black just as DDP prepared to take on the undefeated WCW world champion Goldberg. Oh, man. In the best match in what has been the 11-year history of this event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Halloween Havoc's stink for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um so WCW's business at this point, Halloween Havoc does three hundred and ten thousand buys. Which is uh the last well, it's a better number than the next month. Uh Starcade ninety eight does four hundred and sixty thousand buys for Nash versus Goldberg in the main event. Um and they're doing pretty good. By the next year, Halloween Havoc's down to 230,000 buys. 1999, things have started to fall off for WCW. It's not as bad as it'll get, but the wheels are coming off. In 2000, it comes roaring back with Vince Russo. (laughs) They get Russo. Um, The ratings for the night after the Halloween Havoc is the last time that WCW beats wwf in the ratings they'd been going back and forth at this point mm. but this is the last time wcw ever wins <laughs> so uh they did a 5.1 versus raw's 4.5 i'll say they did pretty well good but night. part of that 5.1 could be that they showed the goldberg versus uh ddp match on free tv the next night to they make show good. them yeah. yeah that's a good idea uh, and Diamond Dallas Page beat Bret Hart to win the WCW US title that next night. That was the main event of Nitro. Um, the uh, the main event of Raw that night was Steve Austin beating Ken Shamrock with Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, and Sergeant Slaughter in an I Quit match. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you'll remember from our previous podcast, we are right in the middle of... Leading up to Survivor Series 1998, where it's a deadly game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to put the deadly game back in there. Yeah, um, what they do with Scott with Rick Steiner is he picks a new tag team partner from WCW. He picks Kenny Chaos, <laughs> who 
who was part of a jobber tag team called High Voltage. God, that's fucking uh, so flaccid. They just <laughs> to be his tag partner. I should have fucking booked WCW. <laughs> yeah. Um, who the fuck is Kenny Chaos? <laughs> Kenneth Stasiowski. Yeah. He is best known for his stint with WCW. He's part of the tag team High Voltage with partner Robbie Rage. Yeah, oh, Kenny man. Chaos and Robbie Rage. He fucking stinks. <laughs> so his ass. I, I, I gotta say, you know, I love the various things we do on this podcast. I don't know that I ever have more fun than whenever we review some classic WCW because uh, it just it doesn't make any sense. For every decision they make that's right, they make 10 that are wrong. They're the George Costanza of wrestling promotions. It's crazy that they beat WWF that had Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. Well, that they were even competitive. They were yeah. even in the running for, yeah. for beating them. Um, yeah. It's like... <laughs> they there's... beat one of the best stables, like one of the best... Uh, uh, rosters in the history of wrestling. Yeah. They it's, beat them with yeah. this horse shit. Yeah. If you ran the simulation a hundred times, <laughs> there, I don't know. It's like in, uh, in, uh, not in game, but in infinity war, the Dr. Strange looks at all the scenarios and he's like, there's only one where we win. <laughs> and the same thing with WCW. If you look at all of the, the tangible data, possible there's no way they should have ever won at all uh, yeah you know. and it's it's like if you told them like if you told somebody hey just so you know there was a wrestling organization that had all these guys they had mankind they had the undertaker they had stone cold steve austin they had the rock they had all these guys mm -hmm. and they were and this was in the middle uh, this was the beginning of Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. Yeah. Somebody beat those guys. Yeah. The guy would be like, oh, man, they must have had a crazy roster. <laughs> no. They had Hogan. Yep. yep. They put Ming versus Wrath on pay-per-view. Oh, man, then they must, they must have just been brilliant booking. Actually, no. Worst booking you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they must have had a giant promotional machine behind them. No. <laughs> Wrong. Actually not. Yeah. <laughs> they must have had a lifelong wrestling guy at the top who just knew how to make the right decisions. No. Salesman used to sell ninja shit. Yeah. Maybe the worst salesman of all time. <laughs> they fired all the guys who were good at wrestling. <laughs> yeah. They used to have Dusty Roads. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just wild. It's uh every uh, like I said, it's the George Costanza of wrestling companies. Every instinct you have is wrong. You should do the opposite. Oh, man. Their match quality must have been through the roof. All, qu all contraire. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 my friend. It was a bunch of fucking one and a half star ass duds. <laughs> yeah. These they guys had Eddie were... Guerrero for a while, got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to have Mankind and Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. and The Undertaker. <laughs> And they got rid of them all. They and they won them. for a while. Yeah. Threw them all away. Who'd they sign? Uh, Over the Hill Piper. Over the Hill Savage. Yeah. Over the Hill Hogan. And then they gave... Well, they must have got them on the cheap. No, they gave the company to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, they way overpaid for all of it. Yeah, the whole goddamn thing, the whole token. Uh, there's a famous story that, like, all the WCW action figures, no matter which ones you bought, they rang up as Hulk Hogan action figures, <laughs> like the the, S, the SQU or whatever, because that's how because uh, he got a cut of the merchandise. Yeah, that's and the thing. Just, he got he got the cut of everybody's merch. He got yeah, not just his merch, everybody's merch. Well, they must have had a hot baby face. Well, they did have Sting, who they built up as maybe the hottest baby face ever for a year. Uh, for a year oh man the blow off to that must have been awesome no had the heel beat him right in the middle of the ring uh <laughs> clean as a whistle they said it was a fast count not a fast count. not a fast count at all was it <laughs> nope well the the rematch must have been satisfying no heel cheated to help the baby face overcome uh well, Sting must have had a long run. Two months. Two months. Oh, <laughs> Once... man, who'd they give it to? Macho Man. He had it for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Just one successful title defense from Sting as WCW champion. Then they built a guy who'd only been wrestling for a year up to 173-0. and Oh, man. They must have given that away to a prospect who they shot to the moon. No! Au contraire! <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Nash. Nash. He lost, and then he lost to Hogan with a finger poke to the chest. Yeah. Well, how long did Nash hold the belt? Must have been a while. Not even a month. <laughs> <laughs> a week, seven, seven days. Nash was the champion. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, look, man, it's baffling. Like, you could, <laughs> it's fucking, even if you wanted to make sense of it, you it's could. fucking crazy, dude. Just crazy town, bro. What were people smoking in 1997, 1998, bro? It's, you know, Jerry Springer was a thing. We were, you know, the Clinton economy was good. We were definitely never going to have planes fly into buildings. (laughs) Everybody was cool, you know? WCW would not have been successful in a post-9-11 world. Too jaded to allow that to happen. Yeah, we see through the bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 The... the the jig is up um all right our number one movie this week andrew i believe is a movie that you have seen for uh, october 25th 1998 it is the movie pleasantville i i think yeah i kind i've seen it i've seen it toby mcguire black and white yeah you know. reese witherspoon who's the who's the girl in that movie reese witherspoon look yeah. at me look at you uh the i saw that movie in the theater with my mom a little bit awkward not the worst though yeah, there's some uh, sex stuff in that movie, wasn't there? Yeah, but it's sort of still like 50s. Yeah. 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 That's all right. Back when um, we had shame. Right. <laughs> A good, healthy um, dose of shame. <laughs> we were doing all right. <laughs> but not shame when it came to paying the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> no. amount of money. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> we also weirdly allowed a movie uh, about a Nazi teaching a young boy uh, to become a Nazi called at pupil to be in the top 10 the week Halloween Havoc 98 came out just a coming of age story <laughs> yeah he finds like an old Nazi dude and then the Nazi dude like takes him under his wing that's a weird movie <laughs> you see those guys we hate those guys <laughs> we don't care for those guys we do not care for uh, those guys at pupil would not be pleased that rush hour was ahead of it in the top 10 that's, all right yeah. deserve it yeah, that's Which one uh, of y'all kick two, me. Yeah, that's two people of color. <laughs> <Don't>, 
<laughs> so, That's two uh, people of color. <laughs> uh, other a black movies guy we- and a Chinese guy? <laughs> Come on. Ah, oh, fuck. Other movies in the top ten that are weird. Bride of Chucky is in the top ten this week. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't care for it. Uh, what Dreams May Come, the sad-ass Robin Williams movie. Uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. I got nothing for that one. No. Uh, and I'm not going to say a bunch of good things about Cuba Gooding Jr., so I don't have to apologize <laughs> for his behavior. Yeah. Did you see Ants with a Z? Is that the with car- a Z? Yeah, the cartoon movie. I didn't not know that was with a Z. Yeah. The fuck? A-N-T-Z. Ants was big. There was a video game. I used to play the video game yeah. a lot. Well, you know, Woody Allen is... <laughs> My voice in that movie. Uh, not gonna apologize for him. <laughs> That's good. That's to know. not my hill to die on. <laughs> no. Uh, Night at the Roxbury, sneaking into the top ten. Goddamn, breaking the windows. Didn't make with your as head. much as App Pupil though. <laughs> this particular <laughs> week. So, uh, uh, <laughs> our number one uh, album this week, Volume Two, Hard Knock Life by Jay Z. Ooh. Uh, Yes, which features Can I Get a, the Hard Knock Life Ghetto Anthem, Money Cash Hoes, with featuring DMX, which is a good song, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> a bunch of words I can't say as the fourth single. So, <laughs> Redacted What? Redacted Who is <laughs> the name of that fourth song. Uh, that's like the joke at the at the roast that Anthony Jeselnik said about Mike Tyson, where he's like, "What can I say about Mike Tyson, which hasn't been the title of a Richard Pryor album?" <laughs> <laughs> Live on the Sunset Strip, <laughs> not uh, that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, so you know, 1998 again, weird time. That uh, is a weird time. That's that's uh, Spice Girls. Uh, Still huge, yeah. That is the year after Hanson hit. Yep. Um, that's the year after Titanic. Yeah, Titanic was still gigantic uh, from the beginning part of 1998. Yeah. You know, it was number one forever. Uh, oh, the, the Prince of Egypt came out in 1998. <laughs> I went and saw the Prince of Egypt, I think, in I think I did, too. Yeah. Um, Alanis Morissette released, I believe, what is the follow-up to... Um, Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Uh, supposed former infatuation junkie, which is a interesting name for it's an a dope album. name. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Thanks for Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything off of that second album. You beautiful Canadian goddess. Yeah, don't have to. So I still think uh, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> think it's going to happen? Yeah, you know, I think I'm down. Yeah. It's big of you to yeah. <laughs> to want to marry Alanis Morissette. <laughs> um, all right, that does it. Man, I love WCW. I just I never want to st- I never want to stop <laughs> watching WCW. We'll uh, find some more horse shit to dig into at some point. Oh, I I think I've got the next one uh, picked out for whenever we get back around to it. It's episode uh, 200. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bash at the beach 2000 where Vince Russo cuts a live program, a promo on Hulk Hogan calling him a piece of shit on the bottom of his shoe. <laughs> Hell yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that is not what we were doing next week. Next week. Uh, we had so much fun with Jacob when we watched Twister. We got to do the other big movie from 96. Everybody knows what it is. Uh, welcome to Earth. 
uh, is <laughs> is what we are going to uh, be talking about. It's Independence Day, dog. It and, has to be done. Uh, I want to just preemptively apologize. Okay. I'm going to say a lot of positive things about Randy Quaid <laughs> and his acting uh-huh. and his performance. I know that he is a polarizing gentleman. Um, he uh, had simulated sex with a with a top Hollywood executive on his live stream at one point. Um, he completely what they would call lost the plot. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, separate the art from the artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about Will Smith? You have anything you need to say about Will Smith? Yeah, he's a, a massive, massive soy bitch. <laughs> I believe to quote Chris Rock. <laughs> the man uh, is a bitch. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen the Chris Rock thing yet. Oh, really? The special's good. That I don't know. That part of it's kind of overrated because, uh, like, what's he gonna say, really? But like, there's a really, uh, there's some really good jokes in it. Yeah, I got to, I got to see it. I, Chris Rock's one of the funniest stand-ups ever. I watched um, Kyle Kinane has a new st- special on on um, YouTube. Oh, oh, I watched I the first to. like. 15, 20 minutes of it's good. All right. I will have to check that out yeah. after Independence Day. So, Welcome uh, to Earth, motherfuckers. Yeah. Next week, uh, White House, you know, we know what happens. It's Independence Day. Jeff Goldblum and shit. No need oh, to you, apologize for the Goldblum. You guys, you, you guys would have been in real trouble without my David. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said, uh, and Andrew said earlier, uh, follow on the podcast apps. Most importantly, uh, follow us on all the apps for various nonsense if you're interested in that. Thank you to everybody who listens. I'm not frozen this week, so I get to say we'll be back next week because Kayfabe may be dead, but we're alive at the Snart Marks podcast watching Independence Day. I wish I remembered a line from that movie, another line from that movie. I was like, oh, what's the next line? And I, I don't remember. Ha! Randy Quaid <laughs> screaming when he dies.